Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What is going on, folks? This is My Take Radio, episode 39, for Thursday, April 22nd, 2010. The music you just heard was The Omen of Geneva. The artist is Neko Frog one You can download that and any of the other music from ocremix.org. The call in number is 347-324-3541. A uh, couple of things. First off, it seems Blog Talk Radio is having issues. Once again, uh, right now, I do not have access to the chat. So for those of you that are trying to get in, I apologize. For those of you that are in there and I'm not in there, I apologize because all I see is a connecting window. Uh, right now, I actually have a chat window opened with Blog Talk Radio tech support. And basically, when I asked about the show chat opening uh, 30 minutes prior to showtime, the response I got was, the chat usually goes live when shows go live, at which point I responded, I can open the chat 30 minutes before. It's happened with my show, the MMA Gospel, with any of the other shows that I've been on or listened to, the chat was open at minimum 30, 15 to 30 minutes before the show started. As of right now, I have no idea what's going on. Again, for those of you that were Looking forward to being in the chat. I apologize. Just give it some time. Maybe they'll work out the bugs during tonight's broadcast. I actually have some guests popping in tonight. I will be joined once again by Larry OG from ocremix.org. Uh, he reviews all the submissions for all the wonderful music that you get off of ocremix.org. I will also be joined by former TNA superstar and one half of the Lethal Consequences tag team, as well as a fellow gamer, Consequences Creed. He'll be calling in uh, along with Larry probably around the 11.30 hour. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I'll probably be taking calls during the interview, depending if everything is working as it should. Uh, the ads, you know the deal with the ads. Um, the forums actually have gotten a lot of activity lately. Um, a lot of conversation is going on. If you haven't stopped in, uh, please do. You're more than welcome to join in on all the stuff we've been talking about the last few days, um, Home Theater, uh, the upcoming Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which we will be discussing later in the broadcast, um, along with a few other things. Um, new posts are up on MyTakeRadio.com from Slick's review of Kick-Ass to the new standard for televisions, which is 4K. Um, I'll go into that a little bit. Um, the, Facebook, the Facebook fan page has reached 116 fans already. Um, let's help get that to 125. If you know anybody that likes any of the stuff that we cover, let them know about us and have them check us out. Um, we're also on iTunes. Of course, look for My Take Radio on iTunes. Um, rate the show. Leave a review or two. You know, help us move up the ranking so that we can get noticed by more fans across the country. Um, 
that's pretty much all the housekeeping. Um, some of the stuff I'm going to discuss tonight is the WEC event um, with Jose Aldo versus Uriah Faber. That's this weekend. We're going to discuss the Ultimate Fighter, a little bit of Strike Force Nashville, because as solid as the card was, it was marred with a little bit of uh, after-match shenanigans. So we're going to discuss that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, next UFC primetime special, uh, Herschel Walker getting back into the cage. We're going to talk about some of the releases from WWE, um, just some crazy stuff, of course, uh, their issues with the volcano in Europe and how they were unable to be on Raw this week. Um, we're going to talk about 7-Eleven getting into used game. Definitely want to talk about that, a little bit about Arkham Asylum 2, and, of course, the Capcom Captivate event. Definitely going to get into that because a lot of crazy shit happened. Uh, we're going to talk about the disease that has been plaguing Hollywood as of late sequelitis. Lots of sequels we'll be talking about, and also remakes. We will be talking about that, and also just a couple of movies that really have no business being made. We'll go into that as well. And with that, let's get into some MMA news. As always, the telephone number is 347-324-3541. All right, let's talk a little MMA first. Of course, this past weekend, we had the Strikeforce Nashville event, which was, like I said, a very good event from start to finish. One of the, the main event was Dan Henderson uh, fighting Jake Shields. That was the main event, the main event for the card. Um, also, Gegard Mousasi was putting his light heavyweight title on the line against King Mo Lawal. Um, first off, Mousasi, definitely the heavy favorite, given the fact that he's just an excellent fighter, has great stand-up, great Muay Thai. Uh, King Mo asked for this fight. He hyped up the fight. He put a lot of time and effort into making this fight a must-see. Definitely a great fight. Musasi had won 15 fights in a row prior to this. King Mo was undefeated at 6-0. and uh, Great fight from start to finish. King Mo used his wrestling to neutralize Musasi. Um, round one, definitely. Um, Musasi showed a little bit of stand-up, but he just had nothing for the wrestling of King Mo. Uh, a lot of the same went on for all five rounds. It was Musasi trying to keep it standing, King Mo making it a point to use his wrestling and grind out the unanimous decision as well as earning himself the light heavyweight championship. Uh, definitely props to King Mo for his awesome performance. I was really impressed. I honestly thought that Musasi was going to go in there and just lay waste to him in the early rounds. Um, definitely impressive. I Musasi is not a guy to be taken lightly, and his performance, he just had no, no answer to the Wall's wrestling. So definitely, I know we're going to see Musasi back, and King Mo is your new light heavyweight champion. Definitely a good night there. I actually had picked Musasi. I was uh, um, so used to him just coming in there and putting on dominating performances. I did look past King Mo and his brash, cocky demeanor and uh, went with the safer choice in Musasi. So bad choice by, by me, definitely. Um, the lightweight title was also contested. Gilbert El Nino Melendez was fighting uh, Japan's Shinya Aoki. Um, same thing, definitely a great fight from start to finish. Um, Aoki had no way to uh, counter any of Melendez's attacks. Melendez took the first round. He definitely took the second round. He, he took the third uh, they closed it out with definitely a lot of damage by Melendez in each round. In round two, um, 
Aoki pretty much either ended up pressed against the cage or eating some strikes. Uh, round four was definitely more of the same. Um, really impressed with Melendez. He came in. He, he showed why he's one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world today, and he definitely grinded out that victory. And Aoki had 18 takedown attempts. He wasn't successful in any. Gilbert Melendez retained the belt by unanimous decision. Um, definitely a great performance by Melendez. Again, solid fight from start to finish. And, of course, the title bout between Jake Shields and Dan Henderson. Henderson went in there, and he did his thing in the first round. Um, second round, Shields was Shields was kind of doing his thing. Shields also took the third. And he, he did do a lot of great work in the fourth. He tried, you know, taking a lot of – he took Hendo's back. It was definitely a lot of trying to choke out Hendo, trying to submit him. But you're, you're fighting a guy who's a crafty veteran who's been in a lot of wars. He knew how to handle it. Um, the final round, really great round, I felt. Um, Shields actually shot in, and uh, Shields took him down. Shields had side control in the fifth. There were some knees to the body. Shields got the mount. Just a, a clinic from Jake Shields. And it wasn't even a slight against Hendo, in my opinion, because Dan Henderson is uh, a fucking legend. He's, he's, a, he's a great fighter. It was just Shields was on top of his game. The guy was, he was crisp. He was ready to rock and roll. And definitely a great fight from Shields. And, of course, he ended up retaining his belt via unanimous decision. Now is where the issue comes. Gus Johnson was interviewing Jake Shields post-fight. Um, you know, Shields acknowledged that Hendo was a legend. Um, Jason Mayhem Miller, who fought on the undercard, showed up. Um, he went to Jake Shields and demanded a rematch. He said, you know, he wanted one. Uh, Jake Shields reacted in turn by shoving Mayhem. Mayhem came back at Shields, at which point the Diaz brothers and the rest of the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu fight team proceeded to whoop Mayhem's ass in the octagon. Um, Gus Johnson... Uh, his commentary definitely didn't help the situation, you know, screaming for them to control themselves and we're on national television. It definitely put a blemish on a solid card. It was one of those things where it was, you know, cool that Mayhem went in there and asked for a rematch, but not cool because you have the adrenaline flowing on in Jake Shield. He was, you know, amped up post-fight. You come in there, you're interrupting the guy. Fireworks were bound to happen. Mayhem getting jumped, definitely not something I I can respect. It, I mean, it happened. You know, Ego definitely came in. And, you know, the, the Diaz brothers are from the hood. They're trying to protect their own. It happened. But to me, the thing that bugged me out was the fact that when Shields demanded his rematch, I mean, when um, Mayhem demanded, demanded his rematch against Shields, Shields' response should have been like, you know, dude, who are you? Like, he should have just given, like, a real smug, like, who are you, dude? You weren't even on the televised car. You know, something, something more to the point where he just kind of brushed it off. But his, his first reaction was a physical one, and that didn't help matters, especially because he did put his hand on Miller first. I am, I am not an advocate about what happened. Gus Johnson's commentary, again, I didn't appreciate the way he handled the situation, and he actually was – taken to task by a lot of people on the web and on Twitter, and he responded, and I will discuss that later on in the broadcast. Overall, a great uh, performance from Strikeforce, great performance from all the athletes there. The right guys won, and they put on outstanding performances. It was just a shame that it was uh, 
uh, a bit of a black eye, so to speak, on MMA just because it got pigeonholed as when people think MMA, they think UFC automatically. They don't understand sometimes that there's other promotions. And there were a couple of non-MMA um, familiar news outlets that were like, oh, yeah, you know, a UFC event. You know, let me be clear for those that are unfamiliar with MMA. UFC is the equivalent of what WWE is in pro wrestling. And the fact of the matter is that it is one large organization that is associated with a sport. In pro wrestling's case, the WWE, of course. In MMA's case, the UFC. But you have to take into consideration there are other organizations, large and small, that represent that sport. So don't associate automatically MMA with the UFC. Just for those of you that are listening to the show and have you know no understanding of MMA in general or don't know that it's broken down into other organizations. Just wanted to give you guys a bit of information. I'm not admonishing anyone who doesn't follow the sport, but I just like to inform the listeners just in case they want to check it out, not to, you know, confuse certain organizations and certain fighters. I think that was definitely one of the issues, and ironically enough, Dana White did bring that up when people asked him about the situation from Strike Force, and I will discuss that also later on in the broadcast. Um, moving on, I want to talk a little bit about this week's Ultimate Fighter. Uh, this week's Ultimate Fighter was, uh, again, there was great storytelling. Um, they, of course, recapped uh, Brad Tavares' win over James Hammertree. Um, there was a little bit of dissension going on. Jamie Yeager, McRae, Kyle Noak, and Tavares uh, formed their own team, so to speak, called the Minority Report. There was already a little bit of tension among the teams just because certain guys were rooting for guys that were on the opposing team. Um, we ended up getting two fights out of this show. We got uh, Casey Escola fighting Rich Antonito from Team Liddell. Um, definitely a great fight. It ended up being Rich Antonito getting the victory because of an illegal knee in round one to the head because he was down in a down position. You're not allowed to knee a downed opponent. Um, when I looked at it, I didn't think that the knee was serious to the point of DQ. I definitely would have subtracted a point, but... Now, the ref, you know, the ref had to make the right call. Dana acknowledged that the ref made the right call. I kind of beg to differ on the situation, but it is what it is. And you got to take into consideration the fact that, you know, that's, that's how people – you don't leave it in the hands of the judges. You go in there and you make it a point to finish the fight. If you leave it to the judges, you're going to get fucked, especially when it's a very close fight. Um, more dissension, of course, was teased that – a lot of it was directed at Jamie Yeager. Um, he went out in the second fight and fought Charles Blanchard from Team Liddell. Yeager actually ended up winning TKO strikes in round one, thus giving uh, control to Team Ortiz finally. Um, it's really going to be interesting just because Yeager's starting to become kind of a kind of a villain. Some of the, a lot of the fighters are really starting to talk shit about him. It, it's definitely going to get interesting in the coming weeks. Of course, Tito. Um, during the first fight when he his fighter lost by DQ, got angry and broke a door. Um, still, there's still the mystery of why, why Tito's not fighting Chuck, and it's supposed to be revealed at some point during this season. Definitely looking forward to finding out why that happened. Um, as of right now, Team Ortiz has the following guys left. Nick Ring, Chris McRae, Jamie Yeager, who fought, and Seth Pazinski, who came in to replace the the injured Chris Camozzi. Team Liddell has Kyle Noak, 
Rich Antonito, Josh Bryant, Brad Tavares, Court McGee, and Joe Henley. Not to mention the wild card fight, which still had the, the participants for that still have yet to be picked. So overall, the season's chugging along at a nice, brisk pace. I mean, a lot of people are going to complain about the fact that, you know, certain things aren't, um, you know, moving at the speed they should, especially the people that want to find out what happened with uh, shit, what happened with Tito. I lost my train of thought there. Um, overall, I think the season thus far has lived up to the hype. There's really good fights. I was not too thrilled with the DQ um, in the first fight. But Jaeger, man, Jaeger is going to be a guy to watch. He came in there and put on some serious damage. Um, with that being said, let me just get into a little bit of the rest of the MMA news, and um, I'll definitely talk a little bit more about the Ultimate Fighter next week. First off, Spike TV confirmed that with UFC 114, we will see the return of UFC primetime. It's going to be Rampage versus Rashad Evans as the main event, and that's going to debut May 12th, and it's also going to be in three parts. So the second one will air May 19th and then May 26th uh, following The Ultimate Fighter. Um, definitely a great UFC primetime. I was hoping that they would go with Rampage and Rashad just because those guys, um, definitely it's going to be interesting to see what they have to offer. Um, in regards to the little issue with Strikeforce, Jake Shields um, was asked to comment on the situation. First off, he said that he wasn't surprised by Mayhem's behavior. He said, he got in my face, my emotions were high, I felt disrespected, so I pushed him. I shouldn't have, but I feel like he shouldn't have got in my face like that right after a fight. A little rumble broke out, I guess, between my team and him. I was getting held back, so at that point I just calmed down and stay out of it. Uh, Strikeforce CEO Scott Coker was shocked when he heard about the brawl. Um, he was unaware that it had occurred because he had actually gone to the back to prepare for the press conference. Um, he said that, Sanctions were not out of the question for those that were involved and that he is going to review tapes. Uh, Scott Coker said that Miller was not scheduled to enter the cage after the fight, and to his knowledge, none of the activity was planned. Um, Herschel Walker was also um, interviewed during the Strike Force event and was asked about um, when he plans on returning to the cage. He said he has one more fight left. He's going to go back to AKA and get ready. Um, He's going to definitely tighten up his game with Javier Mendez, Crazy Bob Cook, and Dave Camarillo. Me, personally, I was very impressed with what Herschel Walker did in his previous fight, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him fight again. Um, looking at the switchboard, I see that uh, Larry OG from OC Remix is on hold. I will bring him in right after I cover the MMA news, so hold on tight, Larry. I'll get to you momentarily. Um, in a little interview at USA Today, Dana White was asked about the upcoming uh, WEC event, and he was asked about the WEC promotion in general. Um, he was asked first about WEC lightweights possibly coming to the UFC. He said that he thinks it's something that will be happening, especially when they start adding lighter weight divisions. You're going to see a lot of the WEC guys move into the 155-pound lightweight division. Um, I definitely am looking forward to that. you got guys like Uriah Faber, that could definitely do some major damage in the UFC, so I'm definitely happy about that. Of course, they asked him about the strike force brawl. He says, he goes, because what happens is it's actually happening right now. The bigger media is saying, yeah, there was a brawl on CBS, and it was the UFC. And he says, we're trying to get this thing down, done in New York and Toronto. You think these legislatures know, yo, that was strike force? They don't freaking know. They don't care. 
All they want to do is point the finger and go, see, that's the crap we don't want in our state or in our country. He said, I'm telling you, man, I'm the one out there hitting the pavement, beating the bricks, talking to all these guys. They don't know crap, and they don't know, and they don't want to know crap. They don't care. And it's true, it does lead to exactly what I said earlier in the broadcast, that people are automatically going to associate MMA with the UFC, good and bad. So definitely something that he has a lot of merit in saying, and I really hope that um, we don't see shit like that on the regular. Again, it's just bad for the sport as a whole. Running through these um, other bits of news, uh, Razor Rob McCullough, who was my guest last week, signed a three-fight deal with Tachi Palace Fights, and he'll be fighting Thomas Benny at uh, Tachi Palace Fights 5. The bout is going to be contested under catchweight rules at 160 pounds. Razor Rob was, of course, former uh, WEC lightweight champion. He's also an assistant coach on The Ultimate Fighter. He was also uh, my guest recently. Um, definitely, if you're on Twitter, uh, give Razor Rob a shout. Wish him luck in his upcoming fight. I'm definitely going to try and check it out once I figure out if it's going to be televised just to show my support. And um, with that, let me bring in Larry, and we're just going to cut the MMA a little short. I will jump back into it um, after me and Larry speak, and also after uh, Consequences comes in, we'll go back and touch base on a few of the MMA topics. With that being said, let's bring Larry in, and let's see if I actually have a chat window. Um, Thus far, I have a big load of nothing. And uh, Blog Talk Radio continues to just stick it to me with no lube. Nonetheless, let's bring Larry in and let's make this happen. Larry. <laughs> Blog Talk Radio sticking it to you, huh? Oh, dude, it's it's. It, let me tell you. Since the last time you since the last time you were on, that just just crazy shit has happened. They lost one of my shows when I had the guys from Darksiders on. Um, oh. Shows with no. Yeah, shows went, when they recovered the show, it was only about an hour and seven minutes on a two-and-a-half-hour interview. Um, no audio. Just all <laughs> kinds of just fuckery from start to finish. Weird. Yeah, man, Weird, man. Uh, weird. Well, yeah, the, chat is, the chat is working just fine for me, it looks like. So it, it's up, though. Everyone, you know, everyone's in there. That's crazy, man. Like I said, I just think Blog Talk Radio is secretly conspiring to, to just make me drive to their offices and do something reckless. Nonetheless, man, since we last spoke, man, a lot of stuff has been going on with OC Remix. Uh, let, the, let the listeners know what, what's been going on since the last time you were on. Oh, man. Well, um, def- definitely a lot. Um, I mean, I guess just to sum it up, the main two things that have been going on, um, we just we posted pretty recently, uh, about maybe a month ago, month and a half ago, we posted mix number 2000. So we had, um, you know, it's been 10 years, and it was actually by um, the composer for Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Super Nintendo, David Wise. And... Um, and that was to celebrate. Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, cool man. And that was to celebrate um, the release of our newest album, Donkey Kong Country 2: Serious Monkey Business. And that's um, a full album, two discs, um, a couple more bonus tracks, rearranging the entire soundtrack for Donkey Kong Country 2 on the Super Nintendo. Um, you know, there, there are people that argue back and forth whether the first one or the second one or the third one had the best um, had the best music. And um, we've we've done albums for the first one, and then we we had it for the second one, and um, and that track number two thousand, it was a remix of the credits theme, 
um, at the end of uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, done by not only Dave Wise, the original composer, but also um, Grant Kirkhope, who is another colleague of his at Rare, um, and Robin Beanland. And so Grant Kirkhope did the soundtrack for GoldenEye 007, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, um, Viva Pinata. He's done tons of stuff. And then Robin Beanland was also um, composer on the original Donkey Kong Country, and he did um, Conker's Bad Fur Day and uh, you know Jet Force Gemini. So he's done a lot of stuff, and um, it's an honor to have three composers whose work I enjoyed as a kid, you know, all teaming up and collabing and doing an official remix. So that was actually pretty cool. Nice man, and you guys have been getting a lot of exposure. I see, I see just a uh, Twitter. Is a buzz with all the great albums that you put out. You know the YouTube channel has been taking off. Um, how do you feel now that the that the gaming community is just embracing uh, video game music as a as a secondary art form, and you're getting such great submissions? And how do, how does it feel just being able to rate that stuff? Oh man, I mean it, it feels great. We're working on some projects that I can't even you know talk about. I'm not saying we're scoring <laughs> you know. I'm not, I'm not saying we're scoring really. Final Fantasy 15 or anything like that, as I as I always joke. But um, but we're working on some really cool projects um, that I can't disclose. But um, but 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 they're certainly shaping up to be very very cool. Um, some stuff official, you know, some game stuff, some uh, some album stuff. So we got to keep it on the low for right now. But you know, that that's about all I can say on that. But um, the other thing we're working on is um it's it's another sort of super secret thing but it we're hoping to unveil it in the summer and it's going to take OC Remix to the next level in terms of just where you can get information about video game music so um you know we're we're looking to do something really cool with that um otherwise yeah i mean social media is doing great um you know we just got pimped by a uh, Will Wheaton from Star Trek The Next Generation, Wesley Crusher, he's got so many Twitter followers, and uh, he actually put out a message yesterday. He was, um, he's got 1.6 million followers, Jesus Christ. And so he was saying, and so he's like, oh, I found some Castlevania music online. You know, oh, my God, I can listen to that while I work. Holy crap. And, um... And then without without us even telling anybody, a bunch of his fans responded, wait a minute, you didn't know you could listen to game music online? Check out OC Remix, hit up OC Remix. And maybe ten people re- re- responded saying, OC Remix, Overclock Remix, OCRemix.org. And uh, he saw it, and then he immediately you know, tweeted later. He's like, oh, you know, thanks for everyone who showed me OC Remix. And we got a bunch more followers off of that, which is crazy. So... Um, it's nice. It's it's really nice. Um, you know, I think the the last time we talked, I was just sort of kicking it off, and um, it, it's really coming on strong now. And and hopefully, you know, maybe like a year from now, we're going to be doing even you know even better. Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely uh, I'm proud of the work you guys do. You guys are are an asset to the gaming community. I mean, like I said, you guys are the fucking intro to my show. You know, it's, it's, it's that, you know, that's how much I enjoy your offerings. And the fact is that you guys are going out there and getting some really great work from a lot of really great composers. And the, the Donkey Kong remix, I actually caught a track or two, and I liked it because there was a lot of mellow vibes in there, but then there was a lot of great, uh, synth, you know, synthesized work that was put in. The, the, the guys are top-notch that did that album, man. Oh, thank you, man, and and I know Neko Frog, who you know you you've been using for the intro. 
Um, he did a he did a sick metal track in that <laughs> in that album, along with uh, uh, Brandon Strader, who did some death metal vocals on it. So it was actually pretty good. Um, you know, we don't get a lot of death metal. We we have we have a Castlevania death metal mix, but we don't get a lot of Donkey Kong Country uh, death metal. So that was actually pretty cool. Um, and you know what? We're actually I see I see someone talking about I see Fearless Hyena talking about Final Fight Double Impact. So on a on a complete tangent, since that's a Capcom game. We're going to be posting um, our next remix is by Vertex Guy, who's got a lot of awesome videos on YouTube. He's done like Contra and Bionic Commando and Double Dragon, all sorts of stuff. Well, he's done a remix of the opening theme from Street Fighter, like the actual like opening theme where the guy gets punched in the face and all that. Nice. So he, he he took that 30 second theme and turned it into a, like a two and a half minute remix. So we're going to be posting that. It looks like tomorrow. And, um, you know, he, he, Vertex guy, he's a legend, so that's gonna be awesome to have him, like, you know, sort of join, join, uh, officially be, uh, an OC remixer, so that's pretty cool. It's funny because I was gonna ask you also, I, I definitely wanna, wanna get in, get in contact with, with Neko Frog, maybe work something out, man, because I, I, I really would like not only to help promote you guys, but definitely something, something custom from you guys for the show. You know, I mean, if, if we got to discuss funding or whatever off-site, we will. But, you know, I want to I give you guys credit every week on a consistent basis. I mean, besides every broadcast where, you know, you guys get, get the intro credit, I want to definitely have you guys have a stronger presence with the show, especially with, with you guys reaching out and doing something that nobody expected would have jumped off 10 years ago. You know, it's, it's a great asset. Oh, definitely. You know, I'll uh, I'll talk to Justin and and tell him to you know get in touch with you and, and see what we can do because uh, you know oh no he he likes uh, he likes getting his music out there and um, the 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 coolest stuff though is um, I played him right so I, I was at um, at Magfest right for anyone that doesn't know it's the music and gaming festival in DC it happens in January every year. Anyone who likes video game music should come out to that. It's at magfest.org. But so, you know, Necrofrog was there, and I was playing him in HD Remix, and he mains with Zangief. But my main T-Hawk, man, I took him down, son. Like, he, he was talking such – he was talking all this game – that he was going to take me down, and you know, because I talk up a big game, you know, I, I I only play one character, you know, well, I only play one character well with T Hawk, but um, I was telling him, I'm like, look, man, don't, you know, don't fuck, I'm gonna take you down, and he didn't believe me, but <laughs> we fought. It must have been like 15 times, and he didn't win once. He might have gotten around on me a couple of times, but otherwise. You know, I'm sorry, I got his geek figured out, man. So maybe we'll have to try a Super Super Street Fighter 4. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you, and it's funny because um, I actually have Consequences Creed on the line. You know, he's a big fan of your uh, of the work you guys do, and um, I'm going to bring him in in a second. But oh, um, nice. I wanted to ask you, Super Street Fighter 4 comes out next week, man. Can we expect a little, a little OC Remix love with some Super Street Fighter 4 tracks, or, or are you keeping that on, on the QP for now? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell, actually, you know, I'll, I'll tell you totally on the, uh, you know, just between, you know, everybody here on the show, but, um, I mean, you know, we're not doing the soundtrack or anything like that for Super Street Fighter 4, but ironically enough, I was talking to Zircon, he's a um, former judge on the website, he's done a lot of badass um, stuff, he's actually working right now with LucasArts to do the soundtrack for Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, so, you know, they're, they're redrawing that, they're, they're making it fresh. And so he's going to be doing the soundtrack there. But um, he heard Hakan's theme, you know, the new Turkish wrestler. 
Have you seen yeah, that, that guy? Yeah, he's <laughs> a trick, man. This super is ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, it's time to oil up. So, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're, we're looking forward to seeing that character in action. But he loved that theme so much that he's already working on a remix for it. <laughs> All right. So, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's take this up a notch and let's bring in, uh, let's bring Mr. Creed in. Am I in? Oh, dude, this this is nice, oh, man, dude. Creed. This is great. Am I in? What's go? Yes, sir. You are in, man, like swimwear. What's going on, man? Nice. We're good, man. You can just call me Austin Creed. All right. Um, That's true, man. That's trademark. That's trademark, dude. Don't mess that up, Rich. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I was unsure on how to do that, man, because I know that it's really sketchy. I didn't know if you had owned the, the if you own that fraction, you know, that section of your name. So uh, no, I will call I'm, you I'm Austin, Austin as you as yeah. you requested. That, that's all I want to be. That's all I ever wanted to be. It's just Austin Creed, man. Well, <laughs> right, uh, you got well, of course you got Larry from OC Remix. Of course you're you're, yeah, you're, a, you're a big gamer. You're a huge fan of OC Remix. Dude, man, ATL Sun represent. I know, right? When he told me you're from Atlanta, I was like, oh, my God, why have I not met this guy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I'm told I'm right near Emory, man. We'll we'll definitely get together, man. I, I can't believe – now, I've never played Earthbound. I heard you talking that up what? on that TNA webography. But, I, you know, I, look, man, I'm, I'm poor, man. I'm poor. I never had that growing up. But, man, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of that music. Man, it's so good. It's so good. And, like, you can – I mean, there's, there's emulators. And I've got the game, so it's cool if you download it, because then I own it, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share the, share the license somehow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that works out. <laughs> all right, so with, with both you guys in here, first off, um, yeah, you know, Austin, i gotta, I got to get a little, a, a little wrestling out of you. Oh, um, yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, how, how did, you know now that you're, you're kind of free from TNA, I... I, I wanted to ask you, I know you're working the Indies right now, um, and, I, and I had a uh, couple of questions about that. I know that the Indies are a more tight-knit community. You know, you work in a lot of smaller shows, but you get a lot more passionate fans that, you know, are, are guys that come in there consistently every time you're doing local shows. And I wanted to ask, how do you feel switching over to the smaller venues now? Is it more intimate? Are you, you know, are you kind of relieved, or do you miss, you know, the, the TV time? definitely more intimate i mean you know this is this is where you start out wrestling so i mean i get to travel the road with the guys that i broke into business with you know there's never really a dull moment because these are all like my 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 buddies that i've been down with for the past you know seven eight years so it's it's nice to be able to do shows with them again um and as for the crowds i mean yeah it's, it's nice wrestling in front of like tons of thousands of people but it's nowhere near as intimate um as the crowd they're not as close they don't get uh, that personal feel of you know being being there like connecting with the wrestlers as much so so that's really nice and then there's there's the aspect of uh, I guess not flying <laughs> to the shows which kind of <laughs> but uh, I mean I, I like the driving time because I'm, I'm hitting all around the southeast right now you know um, I'm going I've been going to Canada to do cons up there you know they have like big comic cons and anime convention, so I'm wrestling up there, going to Canada, or, sorry, Japan next month to do something. Oh, yeah, Super nice. super, super J Tag Tournament, right? Oh, yeah, man, it's going to be sick. <laughs> Who well, are you teaming with? Going to... oh, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm with uh, Kota Ibushi. 
Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's like how one is, of the best um, players I've ever seen. How does it feel going going over to Japan? Besides actual, uh, besides as a gamer going over there, because, you know, it's gamer's paradise over there. In terms of just tightening, tightening up your wrestling game, do you feel that you, you get a, a, a better, so to speak, education working in Japan than here in the U.S.? Well, I think, I think so, but only in the sense that, like, this will be my first time going over there. Like, for wrestling or for, in general, this will be my first time going to Japan. So, you know, they do have a different style of wrestling, so it'll be educational in that sense, in that I don't know their style as well as I know. Ah, strong style. Yeah, you're going to learn the strong style. Yeah. So, you know, all I've been doing is, like, I've been watching Japanese tapes for, like, day and night for maybe the past, like, two and a half weeks. So nice. I'm starting to get it, all this burning spirit stuff and screaming in each other's faces and chopping each other in the chest for three minutes straight. Like, it's intense. <laughs> it's intense. That's why I'm just trying to get ready, man. Man, I didn't know there was that much studying involved. I mean, I know that the, the sort of um, the, the classic training in, in the sense of, you know, watching tapes, kind of getting the psychology down and everything like that, but um, that, that's pretty cool, man. I didn't know it was going to be that intense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the thing is, before you go to wrestling school, you know you watch wrestling, but you don't really you get it. You don't get it. You watch it as a fan. But then it's like with any sport. Once you understand the physics of it and the psychology behind it and why you do what when you do it, it's a totally different way of watching it. So it's, the only thing that I miss is I can't sit down and watch wrestling to just watch it. Whenever I watch it, I'm analyzing it and trying to figure out what is going on, why things are happening. You know, it's very, it's very technical. But um, in the sense of, you know, trying to learn the psychology in Japan, it's so different. In every country, you know, Japan, Mexico, uh, things are, are done so differently, but each country has their, their own style, and that's one of the ways to learn it, as opposed to, you know, actually going over there and training. Since I don't have that opportunity, I've got to try to pick it up the best way that I can. Yeah. Hey, are you eyeballing Mexico? I'm trying to. You know, any, anywhere is an option right now. I just want to get, a, get wherever I can, you know. Um, I've never wrestled in Mexico before, so that's something that I want to do. I want to, I want to try to wrestle on every continent in the world. That's that's nice. my goal. Shoot, so, <laughs> we're, we're doing we're doing okay so far. Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys in TNA are, are huge, and 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 I hate using the term uh, nerds because it's very general, and and the stereotype of the proverbial nerd has been broken. You know, I'm a I'm a fucking gym rat. You're a professional wrestler. You know that 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 just doesn't it, it that that's that name is just a false moniker. But you know, I know uh, Daniels is a huge comic fan. I know Red is always talking about uh, getting in there and playing some games. How, how do you how does it feel that you got so many of the guys when you go into a a locker room and you can say, hey, you know, I, I was playing Call of Duty and and that's something that helps you guys break the ice, especially when you're new in a in an organization. Yeah, Austin prefers geek. <laughs> yeah, I, pr- I prefer geek. I can do that because, because I do have amazing grades as well. So <laughs> there you go. Join the club. Yeah. So so it's, we we got all cylinders to pump it. <laughs> but um, it's it's nice because you know, since everybody lives in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, we can all get on Xbox Live and play stuff together, and it's that kind of bonding experience. So for experience, for example, when I was talking about working the Indies, you know, I've been in with those guys for so long that you know. We all know each other. It's just like second nature to joke around and stuff like that. But when you're in a new area, 
you, you've got to have some way to, you know, bond pretty much because these are the people that you are essentially trusting your lives to when you are falling off a 15-story, you know, grading to fall into a wrestling ring. So, you know, you've got to know that these are your these are your boys, this is your family. And playing games actually is one of the ways that we would do that. <laughs> if, you can, if, they, if they can watch your back in Call of Duty, that's step one. <laughs> then they, then they <laughs> <laughs> that's a good game, man. I'd, I'd rock with that. My game well, uh, I'm, ahead, I'm a Left 4 Dead kind of guy. I'm a Left 4 Dead kind of guy. Cause I, I tried the Call of Duties. For some reason, war games, I just I can't get into them. But any other first-person shooter, I'm gold. Nice. Yo, you played Goldeneye back in the day, Austin? I'm actually, it's funny that you asked that, because I'm sitting, looking at my N64 with Goldeneye in it right now. No! I, I, swear, <laughs> to you, I swear to you, I literally just turned to it, and I'm about to plug the controller in. <laughs> I am... I still play. I, I still play No Mercy on my 64. Oh, oh nice. Mercy so fan. Yeah. But um, you know, I never, I, I never I, owned No Mercy, but I had WrestleMania 2000 back in the day. And, and, okay, and of course, okay. and of course, yeah, and of course, w, the old, and then the precursors. You had WCW, NWO World Tour, and then WCW, NWO Revenge. Rocky so Man for the win, boy. Oh my God, Rocky Man was so awesome. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got um here's, here's a fu- here's a funny thing for you Austin if if you um in in gaming with all the guys when when you were in in PNA and and even in the indies who who was the guy that was you could turn on your Xbox at three a.m. at two in the afternoon and he was always on Joe Joe no way are you kidding Samoa Joe yes yes <laughs> out of here. Get out of here, man. He's the biggest gamer I know. Holy shit. Uh, hell no. Nah. You can't believe <laughs> That is just such a trip, man. Like, just look at, you know, looking at the, especially seeing him last um, Monday with the return on impact. And it's like, are you kidding me? You made the same Joe. Yeah, that's a guy that will choke you out and then beat you in any game you want. Like, <laughs> He'll, he'll, he'll destroy you in virtual world and then in real life. Like, it's ridiculous. Because I just told me, everybody told me, yeah, you know, Joe plays this, he plays that. And I was like, man, you know, all this, all this Joe crap, I'll play Joe. And I think we were playing Gears of War. And, like, Uh-oh. oh, he's so good. I'm like, bro, I'm 23 years old. The only thing I have to do besides wrestling is I'm in grad school, too. So, like, that's all I do is in the other time I play video games and go to the gym. Like, you have, a, you have a kid and a wife. And, like, you're a grown man. Why are you better at video games than me? It's just killing me. That is hilarious because you're, you're already an overachiever. <laughs> and you're like, how do you do it? <laughs> so that's great. Like, what? What, are, what is the key? Teach me, please. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Too- he's a good guy. That is crazy. But, you know, and it was funny. I got I to gotta ju- jump back a little bit. Um, your your introduction with, with Pac-Man Jones and TNA, look, I, I like everything that you've offered to the sport, but why did they, why did they put you with that, man? That was such bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I got to keep it real. It was, I'm like, really? No. Pac-Man Wait a minute. <laughs> but, Rich, but Rich, you have to understand, though, right? And I'm not, you know, I'm not putting any words in Austin's mouth or anything like that, but they picked Pac-Man 
They couldn't keep Pac-Man, and that opened the door for Creed to come in. Yeah. yeah. That's a blessing right there. Booyah. There we it go. did, but there you know what it is? The, the fact is that just that there's so many better ways. Let me tell you, when you came in, when they started pairing you with Jay Lethal, uh, I, you guys... Well, he got, paired with, he got paired with Ron Killings first. Yeah, yeah but you know what? I don't want to even talk about Ron. I like Ron Killings. I do, but... I, I think his, you know, Austin's best work was with Jay Lethal. I mean, with Killing he was all right, but Killing is, is, is a whole other, he's in a whole other zip code, man, but your work with, with Lethal was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, Rich, can we give a moment of silence? Can we give a moment of silence for our for truth for getting blown up on Raw? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. let me tell you, and I, I got I to gotta ask you this, too, before um, <laughs> One of one of, our, one of the uh, listeners in the chat posted a question for for Austin, but I got I got to ask when you watch this stuff, especially now that you're no longer there, and and I, you know I, I've seen interviews that you've done, and I'm not going to rehash. You know I know that the split was over. You know they had nothing for you. I'm not going to go through all the typical rigmarole. But watching this stuff every week, there is a lot of questionable bullshit. Without getting into specifics, that you have to just look at the screen and be like, what the fuck are they doing? I, you got to give me that. Things are going in a certain direction right now. You know, the show's just becoming... Right, you don't, you don't have to get into specifics. You just, you know... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying things, <laughs> things like, like, especially with, with my character, like, everything that I do is very kid-friendly, and the, the image that they're going for, just, it, to me, I don't know for sure, it just seems like they're going for a more mature audience. And so I understand, right. you know, them, me, me not being in the picture because I'm not necessarily <clears> something... Uh, or my character at the time wasn't something that you could hear towards a more mature audience. It was very, very more kid-friendly. So I, I understand what the, what's going on. But, it, yes, it's becoming a more mature show, uh, different demographics. I'm hoping they, they kind of – it seemed like this past Monday – I don't know who's booking it now, but it seems like they're kind of going back to basics. Maybe those and, – and, you know, I've, I've seen AJ Styles say in some interviews that – um, he's hoping that they would tone down the violence and sort of how over-the-top it's been. I I think they tried that. It's not necessarily working for me. Um, I don't know how it's working for everybody else, but um, it seems like they went back to basics with uh, just how everything was booked last Monday. You know, there there was a lot of sort of over-the-top hot-shotting, but otherwise it looks like a start of going back to basics, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, we'll see what happens. Good luck, and I, I hope everything turns out well for everybody that's there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, only only time will tell. It's one of those things. Well, before I, I talk so, so, uh, about some games, um, I got a question for you. Your your gimmick, of course, the influences at the at least in TNA were uh, definitely from Apollo Creed from Rocky. Is that something you came up with on your own? How did that come come to be? How did that originate? I could answer that question, but I'm not. All right. <laughs> oh no, no. I was just gonna. You. So you mentioned. So you. You mentioned that when you were training, there was three of you, and you all had to pick a gimmick out of a box. Oh, you know all this. You know. The and you got. And you got the Apollo Creed. Or, you know the Apollo Creed looking style red, white, and blue colors. Yeah. I was actually gonna ask a question about that. About um, what were the other two gimmicks? in there, Uh-oh. and do you think you could have worked with those other gimmicks? No one has ever asked me that. Um, one was, uh, it was like a like a king, like a crown, or a scepter, so like, you'd be like a prince. 
Uh, like King, King Booker. Booker. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the other one? There were oh, I can't remember, but it was it was like the, the it was essentially like an evil businessman, like Erwin Archeister. Sweet. <laughs> oh my on. god. And my dad works for the IRS, so that would have been awesome. <laughs> but you would have got. You would have had to get rid of the sweet fro, man. Come on, the fr- the fro was cool. Oh, they would have toned it down. Yeah, you would have had to slick it back. Bro, I can uh, I can uh, flat iron it, and I can, it can go straight, so I can just lay it down. <laughs> oh, shit. I think that'd be a crime against humanity right there. You can't do that. Okay, Drew. Larry, you killed me. I couldn't even believe you knew you knew the origin of the gimmick. Now. That that that's definitely insane. I, I gotta give you props I, for that. I've been I've been watching I've been watching since 1990. I don't play. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! My feelings, are, my feelings are hurt, and I've watched wrestling since I was five. But that's, that's really five, man. Holy shit! But um. No, you got me beat. Were you? I re, I remember we talked about it last time. You got me beat. Rich, yeah, you totally got me beat. I gotta, I gotta ask this. You were saying your character, of course, was geared towards being kid friendly. Um, yeah. When, when you know, of course, when when they had given you your release and they pretty much were like, hey, you know, we don't have nothing for you. Were you allowed to give any input towards the direction of your character? What do you mean, like while I was there? Yeah, while you were there, like, were you like, hey, man, why don't we try doing this, or maybe let me do this, or was it pretty much, this is what you're gonna do this week? You can give input. It's like with any job, you know, when you go to your boss and say, you know, I think this would be good for the company or this would be good for what I'm doing, you know, they'll take it into account. But if it doesn't essentially fit into the big scheme that they're going with, um, then they're probably not going to use it. But the thing that, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you might not know where they're going, so you just don't understand why your ideas aren't getting used. But, you know, that, that's something that just just happens. You know, they're not going to be able to use every idea that you come up with or do everything that you want them to do. And so, uh, yeah, I, I had some sort of, some different sorts of ideas because I really wanted to do what I'm doing now on the uh, independence is uh, uh, it's everything is still kid friendly, but I'm I'm a, I'm a heel and uh, nice. a little a little a little bit more intense. But I really just I just use my real life. I just talk about me because you know I've got I've got two degrees. I'm in a PhD master's program right now, uh, so I just talk about that I'm young, I'm smart, I'm jacked, and people will never be as good as me, and they can't stand it, and they boo me, and then I win all the time. <laughs> That's, well, you know what? That, the, the best gimmicks come from real life. You know, I mean, it's worked for guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, The Rock to an extent. You know, I, I, I feel sometimes that when you invest, and it happens with a lot of these guys, when you put too much into the gimmick, it waters down the identity of your character. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, if you're able to go out there and add more truth, to the character, it makes it more believable, especially you working as a heel is crazy because, you know, not, 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 you know, I see you, I see all the crazy Twitter pictures you put, you're like a happy dude. So I can imagine that you have to go inside yourself psychologically and be like, damn, I gotta, I gotta be a, I gotta go out there and be a badass motherfucker right now. And I don't know how. It's, it's weird. It's actually pretty easy. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. Cause when you, even just like from watching it as a fan, like you know what's going to make you mad, you know what's going to make you happy, and so you know what to say. Like in the in the world of wrestling, someone that's doing well for themselves is usually going to be somebody that you don't like. You know, that's like when uh, 
in the 90s when Shawn Michaels was big. You know, he was the pretty boy, long hair. You know, all the girls loved him, so what did all the dudes do? Everybody hated him. Yep. You know, because he, he was the guy that, like, had it going on, you know. So, I mean, it's it, when, when you figure something out like that and it's easy to, to draw from that kind of source, like, it just it just feels right, you know. Unless you're John Cena, in which you're really confused about people loving you or hating you. I like Cena. I, I, I like yeah. Cena. I mean, he. I'll, I'll tell you this. Actually, well, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not like a, a huge mega fan of John Cena, but you know what? I think maybe what a year or maybe a year and a half ago, when he was getting really split crowd reactions, there were so many people online saying, "Look, just turn him heel, turn him heel." And uh, and I could understand that because he was really starting to pick up a lot of a lot of uh, you know uh, negative heat from people that were just kind of sick of how over the top he was. But they stayed with it because he was just getting such a, a polarized reaction. But it was really making everybody either cheer so loud or boo so loud. It was I'm I'm actually really glad that they kept him face. Yeah, and really. Like, I wrote him. Go ahead, Ben. Oh no, you go ahead. No, what I was going to say was I actually I wrote an article on the site about that, you know, called The Enigma of John Cena. And pretty much the way I saw it was he, is, he was groomed, especially with, with the marketability from the youth, from the kids. And, and not for nothing, you know, the easiest way to make a lot of money is to go through the kids because it's like, mommy, mommy, buy me this. The fact is that John Cena is being groomed, at least to me, to be the next Hulk Hogan. And as such... It becomes good, but I have a feeling that much like with Hogan, when Cena finally turns, it's going to be something huge, and they just need the right person to turn him on. And, and, when, it, and when it happens, it's going to be, I think that Orton would be the proverbial guy to do that. Like, you can get a, a, an Austin Rock out of Cena and Orton. The dynamic is just there. It's just a matter of finding the right time to do it. I don't hate John Cena. I think John Cena is a great athlete. Um, he's one of the most natural talents out there. But the guy, right? There has to be a right time for it, and, and I think it's approaching. And when he turns, man, people are gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. One of those. You know, kind of figured it out. You know, he he knows how to make money, and that's what's that's what's important. You know. Now, how do you, how do you um you know you you mentioned often that you know as you you watch the shows now it's difficult not to be in a sort of in a sort of analytical role and studying it trying to get things down and so when you see somebody like that um, like John Cena what, what do you sort of take away from watching him either cut a promo or, or work in the ring? It's you take different things from different people you know so like for instance like I was saying I watch Japanese stuff to try to figure out certain psychology since I'm going over there and certain moves that they do. Um, but really, like with the WWE, it's it's the show, you know. It's it's how they present everything, you know. Like everything is larger than life, and you watch that to figure out how to get that sort of presence, you know, because people want to see the wrestling. They want to see people in the ring, you know, competing, but they want to see a show, and I think that that is like that. That's where you learn how to do that. That's that's you know the, the proving ground for that. And so like you're talking about John Cena, like he puts on an amazing show when he's out there. You know he knows how to get people riled up and get behind him with whatever he's doing. You know he knows how to get the kids screaming and all the adults you know back behind him. They get to get them excited for the match that he's going to have on the pay per view. 
you know, and that's what you have to do. That's, that's where you learn these really important skills. You know, on the independent scene, it's more, you know, who has the, the best match on the show, you know, who can do what and who, when can they do it, how well can they do it. But, you know, with John Cena, like, he's, he's got everything going for him right now, you know. He's, he's at the top. Nice. Well, I got um, I actually got a caller. He has a question probably for both of you guys. Uh, I'm gonna bring Slick in real quick. Slick, are you on? Yeah, I'm here, man. Go ahead, man. What do you got? Yeah, um, cause you guys were talking about a lot of classic games, there, and you brought up the the THQ Wrestling series, which is a big favorite of mine. Back where me and my friends grew up. Uh, we used to have, like, Royal Rumble Wars. Like, we would just pass the controller around and just beat the crap out of each other oh, until yeah. somebody oh, yeah. got thrown out the ring and then give it to the next guy. Yeah. Um, did you guys have fun with the creator wrestler? Because even with all the, the um, great graphics and everything now, I still think those older games had, like, the greatest creator wrestler setups of pretty much all of the wrestling games. Yeah, that's like uh, Larry was talking about WrestleMania 2000. That game was the best to me because you could make your guy make his outfit, and when you hit right or left C, it switches to his other outfit that you made. You can make him four different outfits, and it's like, yep. this is amazing. This is so good. I don't have to go into Creative Player and make a whole new thing, and there are all the accessories. You could give him a weapon. You could give him sunglasses. <laughs> like, those, those were awesome Creative Players. I I, I, really, I told. Oh, go for it! Go for it! I was just gonna say I had a really nasty tag team I made. I had the Ultimate Warrior, who like back then that was like my favorite wrestler of all time, and Sagat from Street Fighter. He had the scar on his chest. He had the shorts. He had the wraps on his on his wrists and his ankles, and he was like. <laughs> His finishing move was this Muay Thai combo that was just sick. Oh, yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even did a freaking Tiger uppercut, like, at the end of the, the um, the melee. He didn't do a Tiger uppercut. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I'll tell you what. I never, um, you know, <laughs> I'm so boring. I never, um... <laughs> Made I never made fictional characters <laughs> with my creative wrestlers, so I never I never did uh, Sagat or anything like that. But man, I'll tell you, the the creative wrestler was so deep in what you could do with it. And so when new guys would come in, like you know WrestleMania 2000, this is right around the time where Taz debuted for WWF and came in at the Royal Rumble, debuted against Kurt Angle. So I made Taz and I gave him like every move was a suplex, all the different suplexes in there, and. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> and it was and it was crazy and it was crazy. Oh, he was he was such a he was such a, a brawler. It was awesome how I made him. But you know what? I was so anal. I'd even watch like superstars or whatever whatever um C show they had at the time, right? And I made for example, you know, I'd make like Bull Buchanan and you know, I'd watch a match of his just beating up a jobber and then I'm like, Okay, he did that move, let me put that move in there and like I would study it and write down the move so he would be as accurate as I could make it. It was crazy. I wrestle in Macon every two weeks, and Bull mm-hmm. Buchanan wrestles down there with us. Oh, nice, dude! Nice. Yeah, so awesome. 
<laughs> Dude, that is freaking crazy, man. I'm telling you. I, I, I um, man, I can't, I, I can't remember uh, how many guys I would make, but I would always just love seeing, you know, all the um, all the different taunts and everything like that that you knew were taken from like WC. Well, you know, obviously oh, taken yeah. from Revenge and and taken oh, from yeah. Japanese stuff. That was great too. Yeah, there was one other wrestling game. It was on the '64. Like by comparison, it sucked, but it was it was still fun because it had the cage match. I think it was just called Raw, and I think on that one I had Lara Croft beating the shit out of people. But the worst character <laughs> ever made was completely mm-hmm. original. It was this guy called Pookie the Filthy Crackhead. I made oh, wow. this really. <laughs> This really, really skinny black guy. He's like his skin was ashy, and he had like maxed out speed. Nobody could beat him in a cage match. Cause like it's that's such a New man. Jack City reference, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would just run for the cage and jump out and win. It was like everybody hated him. <laughs> oh man, dude, you're bringing up some good memories, man. I'm telling you know I never played anything but the THQ ones. I'm sorry, I couldn't play with like the Acclaim ones. You know, they had like Attitude and everything. I, I couldn't work with that. It had to be THQ. I don't know about you, Austin. Yeah, everybody had all those uh, like the combination moves. You have to like type in all the buttons, and it's like, bro, I don't want to type in a fatality to do a headlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to grapple. A and left to yeah. do a suplex. That's it. Yeah. Nah, forget that. You got to grapple. You got to do a collar and elbow lockup. That's how you do it old school. That's what well, I mean. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was I was really big and I still am into Fire Pro Wrestling D on the uh, Dreamcast. Oh and, man, uh, yeah, yeah, dude, Even that game, awesome. that game. Oh yeah, that game is fantastic. It's as deep as it gets. You know, the wrestlers get fatigued. You got to work collar and elbow. You can have fights in the octagon. You can have Kurt Angle, you know, fighting Ken Shamrock with barbed wires and uh, fluorescent light bulbs outside of the ring. It, it was just a fantastic game. And once I learned how to translate some of it and do the rosters, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to download this roster pack with everybody from WCW yeah. and yeah. ECW. And, you know, the game, that game set the standard, man. I mean, the, don't get me wrong, THQ did a great job, but Fire Pro was the first real wrestling simulation. I'll give it up on that. I'll give it up on that. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the uh, hey man. Oh no no. I w- I was just gonna uh, do a cheap plug for my website and my Twitter. <laughs> go for it. Oh yeah. Go for it. Everybody listening needs to go to gocreedgo.com for all your latest Creed information, my schedule, pictures, video, blogs, and then follow me on Twitter at Austin Creed. And you'll get all the extra information there. <coughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> I just his Twitter him. icon. His, his Twitter icon is him kicking somebody in the back. It's brutal. Yeah, that's Shane Marks. I destroyed his world two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> who, who took that picture? The photographer at the show. I wrestled with these guys in Atlanta. Uh, the organization called Platinum Championship Wrestling, <coughs> and uh, you know I've been helping them with their training school a little bit, and so I'll do shows with them, and. Um, they do shows every Friday night over in uh, Avondale Estates, and they're they're awesome, man. The guys are, are learning so fast, and then the guys that already know what they're doing are are, are great. You know, we're putting on great shows. They go uh, once a month on Tuesdays, and like the shows have been awesome, man. So that that's blowing up. So we'll see we'll see what happens next with them. 
Oh, nice, dude. How are you able to schedule around that? To, to do, do you do that every Friday, or it sort of depends on what other commitments you have? Yeah, yeah, it depends on what else is going on. Man, Jesus, I'm, I'm telling you, man, Japan, was that, May 8th, right? Yeah, yeah, so I'll go, I'll actually, I'll be on the plane, I think, longer than I'll be in Tokyo, because I'm going over on the 7th, wrestling on the 8th, and then coming back on the 9th. Now I mean, but I'm it's gonna, a tournament, so you're gonna do what? Do you, now who you got? How many? How many? Uh, are there eight teams? Or are there like how, how many teams are we talking about in Super Super J Tag Tournament? It's eight teams. It's just like it's essentially just like the Super J Tournament, you know, where they have the eight guys. But this yeah, the J Cup. Yeah, it'll be that version, but in a tag team form. So eight teams, and uh, hopefully I'll win. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. All right, so put some photos of that. I actually was going to say I want to um, take your your schedule if you don't mind, so I can post it on the site as well. Oh please, please. And you know, also um, one of the listeners in the chat wanted to know who was the greatest veteran you've ever faced or lost to mm. that you learned. I guess, and 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 on uh, and to add to that, I want to know you know who do you feel that has taught you the most in in the in in your tenure in wrestling. The guy that's taught me the most of the veterans is um, Devon Dudley. Nice. Brother, brother Devon. He, you know, he's, he, and he's one of the guys that I look at, just uh, uh, one of my mentors down there, and he just, he helped me so much. And just for, you know, coming up as like a young black wrestler, there's not a ton of black guys in pro wrestling. And so nope. um, to, to learn from, from one, of the, one of the greats is, you know, an honor in itself. And then especially him coming up in a time where, you know, being a black wrestler wasn't necessarily the the uh, most beneficial thing, I guess I would mm-hmm. say. So just hearing about yeah. the he had to go through and all the hardships that he had to fight through to get to where he is today, um, you know, it's really empowering and just learning from him and learning how to handle certain situations when they arise because you never think that um, people are still going to be ignorant even though we're in 2010 but it still happens, and it happens on a daily basis, so it's nice to know how to handle things like that when, uh, when they arise. Wow, man. And you, and you would say that, you would say that, um, that Devon's talking the most sort of behind the scenes. What, what about maybe um, in, in the context of a match, like who's really easy to work with or, or, or at least um, or that you felt you've learned a lot from just sort of by interacting with them in the ring? Petey Williams. Oh, Pete Williams is a, is a beast, dude. Canadian destroyer, son, with that flip pile driver. Is the the first time I saw it, I had to watch it another twenty times. I mean, like you, you need a lot of cooperation on that move, but it just it looks nasty. When you see it, you're like, what? What just happened? I mean, it blew my mind, and it's awesome, and I understand that this guy's neck is broken. <laughs> but how did that occur? How how did that happen? <laughs> I um. I, when I first saw that, I remember my fiance was here, and she goes, "Hold on, hold on." She's like, "Rewind that back," and I'm like, "Look, I'm like, look at this shit, fucking video, dude." I was, you know, and I play, I play Street Fighter a lot, man. I'm like, "Holy shit, it's like, it's like dengue's come to life." What is that? <laughs> oh my gosh, man. It's funny what you said about Devon, and especially I think minorities in general. Is the minority presence has has come a long way in wrestling. You know, as as a, as a yeah. kid, as an '80s baby, 
you know, it was always, you know, the stereotypical Latino guy, and he always had the stereotypical Latino vibe. You know, yeah. African American wrestlers. It was always the typical. I'm from the I'm from the hood, and yeah, you know, jive talking. And I get that that's what they were doing, but it's like, you know, I I kind of want to be the guy that you know doesn't do that. But I mean, and there's definitely been lots of black guys coming up that are doing the stereotypical thing, but even not just for for black people, but for wrestlers in general, there's not really been a guy that comes out and uh, his thing is that he's smart. You know, there's, there's, I mean, there's obviously been guys that are gimmick, but nobody comes out and says, you know, like, look at what I've done in school while I've been wrestling. So look, kids, just because you want to be a rock star or a pro athlete or anything else that doesn't necessarily involve school, you can still go to school while pursuing your dreams because, you know, like all it takes is time management. If you want it, you can have it, but you just have to want it bad enough and be able to manage your time to get it. Nobody really sends that kind of message. It's either like, you know, say your parents eat your vitamins or, you know, whatever whatever good message, but nobody really preaches, like, get your education. Well, like, you know, beef. I wanted to... Oh, go, no, no, go for it, Rich. Well, I was going to ask was, and, and, you know, I know you, you can you can answer this if, if you don't want to. One, one of the things that, that's been bugging me out lately, especially growing up, is the, is the passing of so many talented wrestlers. Um, as, as, a, as a guy in the industry, when you hear about some of these guys, of course, Chris Canyon being, you know, one of the most recent, do, do you feel that statistically, you know, and, and I give you credit, you know, you're, 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 you're a college student, you've you're, you're you're, you got a good head for the business, but how do you feel with what's happening and how the, you know, the general stigma associated with pro wrestling is, you know, by the time you hit 40, you're either going to be broke or you're dead. So does it does it does it bother you that automatically, like, if you tell somebody I'm a pro wrestler, the first thing they ask is, you know, dude, you know, are you, are you on steroids or any kind of drugs? Or you know, how, how do you feel being associated with that, even though that's not what it really is about? I, I understand why people think in that way because that's the image that's been portrayed to them. But in a in a in a sense, like. If you think about this, like, there's only, you know, there's fewer than probably a thousand people on the face of the planet that actually make a living wrestling, and then there's probably under 500, under 400 guys that actually make a good, decent living with pro wrestling. So when people pass away or things happen, of course it's going to be higher in the statistics because there's less of us. But look at football players, baseball players, any sort of pro athletes. When you, when you put your body through this kind of, you know, torture pretty much for an extended period of time. It's gonna, it's gonna have consequences. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and and wrestling. So baseball. You know, you don't hear guys. You know, kind of. I've heard people say, you know, like wrestlers are dropping like flies. But you have to understand that like, there's a generation, and this generation now is is passing on, and you get to look at what we put our bodies through. Not necessarily the fact that. Um, people think that all wrestlers are on steroids, that they're all on drugs, that they're all they all make bad decisions. Like that movie, The Wrestler, did nothing to help in my eyes, because everybody thinks, oh, you know, wrestlers are just scumbags that do coke and uh, you know make bad decisions in a bathroom stall. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's just a guy who made bad decisions who happened to also be a wrestler. 
Right. So I don't understand this whole this, – well, I get it because the media pushes it out. That's what people see. But pro athletes are passed away all the time. There's just less of us, so it makes more of, a, of an impact on the statistics. Yeah, although you have to admit there's um, there, there's a higher risk for, you know, like in, in your field and, and particularly, you know, particularly your field and then professional football, there's a lot more risk for concussions and head injuries. Okay. Yeah. A lot more like there. Like I saw, I saw you. Um, you did. I saw on YouTube like you did a flip dive and, and hit your head on the apron, and like your fro can't cushion that. And I'm thinking, oh, gee. I'm like, oh Jesus, like that. That's what. That's a. Con- you know, that's a potential concussion right there. And not every basketball player is going to get a concussion, though. True, but actually, my 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 fro did cushion that actually. <laughs> and I hit. And when I got to the back, everybody asked, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, well, what happened? I watched the tape back, and I was like, wow, my head should hurt really bad. Good thing I've got all this hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, even because people, like I said, people just think that we're on drugs and we do all this bad stuff. But, like, no. Like, we're, yeah, in football, you know, they wear pads and they hit each other. Wrestling, we don't. We're landing on concrete. We're landing on wood. And the thing is, guys do this for, you know, 20 and 30 years at a time. And guys that are doing it hard are doing it four and five times a day for 20 and 30 years. You know, we don't hit each other and then take a two-minute break and then hit each other again. Like, it's a constant beating on your body. And so, of course, you know, that's going to shorten things up a little bit when you're looking at uh, life expectancy because, you know, we, we're, we're using our bodies. We're, we're putting them through the ringer pretty much. And so, you know, it's, it's going to hurt, but I – I just the only thing that I don't really like is people assuming that we're all on drugs and doing steroids, and you know, if you if you wrestle, you're gonna die from a heart attack because you're popping pills. Like, no, no, well, that bad decision that might happen to them, but don't classify don't classify me like that because I wrestle. Well, you know, it's funny it's funny you say that, and I, and I have a I have a, a caller that has some questions about that. And, uh, you know, as, as somebody, you know, I'm, I'm a gym rat, a gamer. Like I said, I'm not your stereotypical, and I use your word, I'm not your stereotypical geek. And it, it really, it really hurts. It really hurts, especially, and I'm more sure it bothers you in your case that the, that the instant thing is, you know, are you, are you juicing? You know, you, when you get asked, are you juicing? It's like, look, man, you know, I have to cushion my body for the, for the ass beating I'm about to take physically. You know, you can't do that being 150 pounds, it works for some people, but you got to have some sort of cushioning, you know? I mean, the afro, the afro helps, but you don't have an afro around your whole body, you know? <laughs> That would be kind of gross. <laughs> I, you know, I, what I wanted to ask is the, 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 med, the medications, like, in terms of medical insurance and stuff, how do you handle that, like, when you're injured? Because I know, you know, you guys, obviously, there's no kind of union, there's nothing like that, but... How do you handle that usually? Is it, you know, cash transactions? Do you have to go to the doctor and be like, all right, 500 bucks, here it goes? No, bro, I've got health insurance. I'm really? Out. Yeah, man, I'm not, I'm not doing anything dumb. I, I understand, like, I could break my leg at any point wrestling. I could, you know, get sick. I could lose a finger. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to have health insurance, you know. But you buy your, you, you'd have to buy your own, no? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, you know, I mean. Go ahead, Larry. Oh no, no, no! I was going to say. I mean, does does um? I mean, with TNA, I mean, w- would they offer their own insurance package, or I mean, or do, or were you always on your own insurance? Um, it, it, things depend 
on stuff. Like if you got hurt wrestling with a certain company, they would probably, uh, you know, take you under the wing and, and take care of you. But um, it depends on who you're wrestling for. But Okay, mom, yeah, yeah. You've got to have your own. Like there's, there's no unions or anything, so you've got to cover yourself. Nice. Well, I'm going to bring in Dave from Denver. I know he has uh, some questions for you in, in regards sure. to that. I'm going to bring him in now. Nice. Dave, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How's it going, Austin? What's up, Dave? Uh, not much, not much. Uh, you guys already touched on some of the uh, insurance the insurance question I had, so I'm pretty satisfied there. But another thing I had was your message to kids. If, if you do talk to kids in a classroom setting or, or wherever, if you're, or if you're signing autographs, what kind of message do you portray as far as uh, you know, telling the kids to stay in school? And I'd like to congratulate you on going for getting getting the education that you went for. A lot of other people would might not go that route, but what kind of message do you portray to the kids and, and you try to enforce? Um, I really just tell them, you know, pretty much like what I did throughout my life. Like, I was lucky enough when I was a kid, I, I knew that I wanted to be a wrestler. You know, every kid, when they're little, has a dream of something that they want to do. But I feel like a lot of my friends throughout their lives, people told them, you know, you have outlandish dreams. You're like, you never attain that. So they changed what they wanted to do. But... I felt like, you know, when I was third, second grade, teacher goes around and asks, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? The kids are saying, you know, police officer, football player, doctor, uh, you know, fireman. And, you know, they got to me and I said pro wrestler and everybody laughed. But the thing is, like, those people that said that, they, they wanted to be those things, they forgot about it. It's like, have you ever seen, uh, oh, what's the movie, Step Brothers? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, when he tells them, like, he forgot how to be a dinosaur. And that's the thing. <laughs> what? What? what movie? <laughs> in Step Brothers. And, and you know what? He's, he's right. It's true. I mean, a lot of people, when I was growing up, not, not to cut you off, Dave, I'll let you finish. Well, I, you know, I was in that same boat. I remember I wanted to be a vet. And then as I got older, my mother told me, you want to be a vet? Vets don't make fucking money. Get out of here. You know, and, and reality had to set in, you know. So I definitely understand yeah. where Austin is coming from with that. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. On my second question, as far as the unions are concerned, do you feel a union is needed? And what type of uh, structure should it take? Oh, I have no idea. Like, I've I've only been wrestling for five and a half years, and I'm still very uh, uh, young in the business and still have a lot more so I don't, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question because I, I feel like there's so much that would go into that. I, have, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm oh, no problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate Dave. the conversation. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate the call. Hey, no problem. All right. I, I, got, a, I got a question. In, in the, the five years that you've been wrestling, what do you feel has been the most – the most dangerous, you know, and, you know, I hate using the industry terms because I know a lot of wrestlers don't like it. What's the most dangerous bump you've taken where you're like, holy shit, I'm alive <laughs> after that? That I didn't come away hurt from or that I came away hurt from? Oh, boy, uh, go for both. Go for both. Go for both. Okay. The one that I came away hurt from was uh, was an Ultimate X match. We were oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> why do they even do it? Like, uh, look, I'm not going to get on a rant. I, I don't have an issue, but why do they do those messages? They don't need to do that. <laughs> you can rant Color all me fun. shocked. 
No, no, I was just going to say, I was like, they don't need to do, like, ah, uh, anyway, just go, back, just go back to basics. Like, don't get me wrong, I th- you know, the, you, you need theatrics and, and, or gimmick matches every once in a while, but, man, they, you don't need to do Ultimate X that often, man. That stuff is dangerous, man. And that's, that's saying it from, you know, pro wrestling just being dangerous in and of itself, man. You don't need, you don't need to do that, man. Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry, man. <laughs> go for oh, it. Oh, please, please. <laughs> um. We were at an Ultimate X, and I think we were stacked like four people high, and we all fell down, and I got to be at the top of that lucky pile. Oh, and um, no. I was I was worried about what I was, was doing with my hands. I needed to do something with my hands. I needed to hold somebody up, and um, I wasn't worried about uh, keeping my my chin tucked and my head Uh-oh. hit. And as, like when I hit, it was in uh, the movie Snatch. When Brad Pitt gets uppercut and then he goes underwater, that's what I felt yep. like as I landed. I was underwater. And oh. I, was, I was honestly, I was out really until like maybe the end of the match. And um, we were all. Out on your feet or out, out? No, like out, but my body was still moving. Right, right, right. Like I was, I was doing, like I went back and watched the tape and it's like I don't remember doing like the last five minutes of this match. But I did. <laughs> Could you tell watching it back, like, oh, shoot, like, there's me almost oh, letting yeah. go? Or? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. And I'm reaching, and then, like, I come to, like, you can tell it in my eyes, and I, I go, I almost drop, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Okay, okay, I'm wrestling. Oh, yeah, Ultimate X. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. That's like a concussion or something right there, right? <laughs> Hollywood, like you got lucky, it looked it looked like deadly, but you you just brushed it off. Oh, the 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 one on the apron when I hit my head. No, I mean, well, I mean that might not even be your top your oh, top oh, bump okay. where it just oh. it, it didn't hurt though. It might it might be that apron it might just be that apron bump man I mean I looked I was like damn it looked like your it looked like your the the back of your head and then almost like your shoulder blades hit the apron I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that and the, but like it was like I didn't even feel it because my hair <laughs> so it was so weird it was so weird my hair used to be my hair used to be like that until I was a uh, uh, geez, when was it? Maybe a, a junior going to college, and then I shaved it all off one time. But oh, man, why? Why? Hey, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I like having no hair. Okay. It's not balding or anything. I once had a friend of my. Do you know? I once had a friend of my, Reza, one of the OC remixers. He called me on my radio show and he's like, "Hey, man, why do you shave your, why do you shave your head, man? Are you, are you going bald, man? Because I'm kind of going, I'm kind of going bald." I'm like, oh, and I felt so bad because I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I just, I just prefer to do it that way, man. Like, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, man, he couldn't commiserate with me. I felt bad. Yeah. Like, I, no, I can't sympathize with you at all, man. That sucks. 
<laughs> I can't. But, uh, I can't even relate. Yeah. I can't even relate because I have. I have to. You know, to quote um, Chris Rock. You know, I got that. I have that good hair. I have that good Spanish hair. And um, you know, if it if it grows, if it grows, it's instant. Oh shit! I gotta put gel. <laughs> so you know, I, I, I keep I keep it short. Or I keep it at a straight number one, man. I give you I give you credit, man, for letting that fro go out. I'm surprised you you've never gotten the urge to braid it. No, I don't like it. It makes me look thuggish. Ah. What? Come on, man! You're a heel now. You're a heel now. Get some cornrows and do it. I I have a beard now, though. So I saw, man. It looks good. It looks good. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, you got the bad guy beard. Yeah, I gotta shape it up some. It's, it's, been, it's sad because I've been growing this for like two months, and I only just now, maybe like last week, covered my face finally. Nice. <laughs> it's growing slow. I, I have um one of the one of the guys in the chat asked um if you could have a dream matchup um alive or dead who would it be? Two cold Scorpio. Nice flash, fuck oh, yeah. fucking head. He's <laughs> my he's my he's my idol man. He's amazing. Yeah, but but not a, not as flash funk. They kind of wasted him in WWE. But man, yeah. too cold. Oh my gosh, when cold. he came in early '90s WCW. Oh, oh my man. god, that was unreal, unreal. unreal. How is this guy so big and throwing these sweet drop kicks? Oh my god, he can do a 450 moonsault leg drop. What is going on? This is ridiculous. I had his match with Chris Jericho on the ECW DVD. Oh man, it's so good. That guy, that guy was, that guy was awesome. Just watching him wrestle would blow my mind because, like, he's not a small guy, but he was doing everything nope. small guys could do. Like, and when I saw him for the first time do a moonsault leg drop, like, I'd never even seen that in a video game. Like, it, like it, it tore my brain to pieces. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand this, but he, man, he can do some crazy stuff. Actually, how 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 did you first notice it? I, I don't think I've actually heard um, that that story, or at least your earliest memory on what, what kind of hooked you onto it. I don't I don't really have one. It's weird. I've just I don't remember a time where I didn't watch or didn't like wrestling. There's there's not really a, a match that I saw or a person that like really set me off um, that told me like you know I have to do this. I just I would see the guys doing it on TV and think like. Well, you can get paid to put on shiny underwear and fight with your friends. Like, why would you not want to do this? <laughs> it's like playing, playing superheroes. Yeah, it's like playing yeah, superheroes. Like, yeah, like, okay, when you're a kid, what do you do with your friends? You, 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 you wrestle in the front lawn. You wrestle in the living room. You wrestle in the basement. Yep. But, like, when you're an adult, okay, instead of wrestling in the front lawn, you're going to wrestle in USA. Instead of the basement you're going to wrestle in Mexico if to the living room you're going to wrestle in Japan like it's the same stuff as you're doing when, the, when you're a little kid like you never have to grow up hey, oh dear you know, lord it, that, that, that really is a, a, a great way to, to, to live out your dream you just said you know I was a kid I wanted to be a wrestler and, and you, you went through with it you know it, it, it's, it's really one of the, the coolest things that's why I was you know I've been trying for a while to get you on because it's like you're, you know, you're the proverbial, you're the proverbial kid that lives his dream and still gets to enjoy being young. You know, like you said, you know, I went to school, you got, you got your, you got your college in, 
you know, you're a gamer, you get to travel, you know, you're traveling around the world now, and you get to do something you enjoy, man. It's, it, it's a really great accomplishment. You know, that's not, that's not even me blowing smoke up your ass, man. I, you know, I, I, I've wanted to do all kinds of shit. I've, I've, I've wanted to be a wrestler growing up. I've, I've, I'd like, I've wanted to fight in MMA. And then, you know, real world takes over. But you look past that and you went, you went past the real world barrier to, to be what you want to be, man. And that, 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 you get much respect, man, for me for that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yo, man, I got to know. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Oh, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your question because I actually want to get into some more game stuff because I know he gets beaten to death with wrestling, and I'm not going to ask him about the peaking <laughs> either because I read about your last interview explaining the oh. peaking. <laughs> the what? The puking, the throwing up into Oh, Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I just ate way <laughs> too many ribs. Like, it was a, it was an <laughs> awesome food day at catering, and I was like, I can't, I can't not eat all these. And I was eating chicken and protein shakes trying to gain weight for like, so I ate a slab and a half of ribs, didn't think anything of it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, probably not a good idea because i got to wrestle tonight. And then, after I had that thought, I drank a protein shake. Oh, so that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was it the was, shake. It was a shake mixed with the ribs. And like, and the thing was, like, once I got kicked in the head is when, like, he, it was like I got hit in a sweet spot, and I, it came up, and I was like, okay, i got to hold this down, but puke is like one of the most disgusting things on the planet to me, so I was going to try to swallow it back down, but I knew if I did, it was just going to come up. You'd probably puke more. And so, I, and, and so like, when when I got hit with the move, I was like, this is too perfect. I just got to let it fly, because it was already in my mouth. <laughs> I like that there was a thought process behind it. There was. And obviously, this is in super slow motion, but there was a thought process. It happened. Everything happened very quickly. But once once it was once the puke was already there, I figured you know what, it'll be it'll be funny. It'll be a good story for my kids. I will I will put out I will put out there, um, one thing I learned about puke. Uh, this is completely uh, random. No no it's, it's no 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 no. This is it's like it's like advice. It's like advice. Okay. I dispense this advice. Uh-oh. Super supersonic pilots. You, maybe one of you already knows this. Supersonic oh, pilots. I know. Exactly. You should know this. So supersonic yeah. pilots, before they go up in the air, they eat bananas. And the reason they eat bananas is because if they come up, they taste exactly the same as they did when they went yep. down. So bananas. If in catering, you see they have something good, at least chase it with some bananas. Maybe uh, you'll do <laughs> Maybe you'll taste better. Yeah. Oh. Nice. That is, what were you that when I... Go ahead, Larry. I know you had like a like another question for him. Oh no, no. You know what? I was actually gonna, you know, I was gonna shift it, my my selfish self, on um on uh on on, on video games and video game music because I wanted to know. Okay, there was we. I just asked about um if there's any particular impetus for watching wrestling, and ironically, the same answer as me, which is, you know, I don't ex- I don't exactly remember. I don't remember the first time I watched it. It was in mid-1990, but I don't remember what it was. It was like Wrestling cha- Challenge or something, but that's about all I can remember. But how did you find OC Remix? You know, you're the first wrestler that I've, I've known that's, that's heard of it, and so I don't know of anybody else that's actually heard of it. And I was like, oh, that's pretty badass because I love pro wrestling. Website has been a staple in my life for like maybe the past eight or nine years. I want to say that's crazy. Um, Look at that. I 
what was it that I heard? I heard the um, remix of Sonic 3 Ice Stage, I think. Is it by McBoff? Um, is it Ice Capped? Or is it by Razor? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Um, I think it was... No, 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 it wasn't that one. I heard that one after. I heard the remix to Mega Man X. Sigmatism. There's the one by Chikoshu Sound Team, the Storm Eagle one. It was the one to the to the Penguins guys stage. Oh, Chill Penguin. Yes, yes, I heard that, and uh, I remember I was with some of my friends, and we were watching some uh, some Street Fighter video, I think, and some guy had put it as the music. Um, we were like, "What is this song? This is awesome!" So we looked and searched for maybe two weeks. This plague this we could not find, figure out anywhere and then eventually um like three or four of us one of us found out oh it's from this website so we we all got together and uh, we went to this website and we're like oh my god there's video game music from everything here so literally every time new songs would come out we would all burn cds and all listen to this listen to this listen to this and so it's literally like it's it's a huge part of my life this website <laughs> it's my home page that's awesome, man. I didn't, you know, I didn't start it. You, you've known about it longer than I have. I've been, I've been on the staff since 2004, and I'm in charge of, I'm in charge of the evaluation process now for the music. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember how I found it. I found it at, I found it at Emory when I was doing student radio. Somebody knew I played video game music and told me about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's cool, man. Do you have any favorites, Austin? Like any favorite mixes? Any favorite remixers? Um, I, I, I'm bad with, with people's names, but it's, it's weird because the, all the songs that I listen to and like, they're usually around by the same people, but I can never off the top of my head think of their names. But, um, as, as for games, there's most of the Chrono Trigger and Sonic 3 stuff is where most of my favorite stuff is. Um, nice, nice, while, nice. Yeah. Every once in a while, um, some of the Street Fighter stuff that hits is, is really good, but I, I like the stuff. That because um, you know how some of it is just like dudes playing guitar, like electric guitar over it, and that's cool to me. But I like when they actually remix the the whole song. And that's more. That's nice. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have some stuff that's more coverish, but you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's sort of the whole point of it is to really get interpretive with it, do it in different styles. And I I will tell you, I will tell you this. You know, because you you like Chrono Trigger and, and Sonic Three and some Street Fighter. Oh yeah, we did this. We did the soundtrack for Super Street Fighter Two Turbo HD Remix. Yeah, yeah. So I heard, and I went back and listened to it. Cause I've I've got it on uh, on my Xbox, and I was like, oh yeah, I can tell. Oh, dude, nice. <laughs> but what is it? Um, but I I highly recommend. I told Rich this the last time that um that I was on, which is that. No matter what you like, I, I highly recommend to everybody to just hit our free torrents and just get everything. It doesn't matter what game it's from because you'll, you'll totally find stuff that you didn't even know you were looking for. That's amazing. And that's kind of – I wouldn't even be here. Yeah, I wouldn't even be here today if my friend didn't download everything and then I listened to it off of his computer. I would just be another fan that really, really liked the website. And now I'm like the second in command of the website. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in keeping in keeping with the with the gaming theme, you know, I wanted to actually while 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 I have Austin and and you in here, Larry, I have some gaming news. I actually wanted to pick his brain and and yours as well on a few things. 
Um, one thing I did want to ask you, when you were on the road, um, where were some of the places you'd go to pick up gaming, did, games? Did you go to uh, big store, you know, big stores or mom and pops, or you just got it wherever you could? Both. Got it wherever you could. Uh, both, pretty much, but I like the mom and pop stores a little bit better because uh, we've got a place around here. Well, it's not anymore. They, they, they shut down, but it was called Play and Trade. And you could literally go in and play any game you wanted to that was in the store before you bought it. But nice. um, the guy who owned it was really cool. So if, if like, a new game had just come out, and um, he would definitely would get an extra copy so that just for the store, so if people wanted to come in and play it for X amount of hours, whatever they could. So um, that's why I kind of like the mom and pop stores, because people in there are usually gamers as opposed to going to, like, a, a big store like, you know, Best Buy or Walmart or something. And, you know, oh, where's this game? What can you tell me about it? Um, I don't know. They just kind of put me back here in the electronics department. <laughs> so anything like, uh, you know, I like EB because most of the time, for the most part, the people in there know their gaming stuff. But I like the mom and pops a lot more because they can give you, like, an in-depth on on how good or bad stuff is usually. I wanted to franchise a game uh, a play and trade. That shit is 50 grand because I like I liked their motto. You know, and I'm all about the mom and pop. You know, in New York, yeah. it's it's GameStop, GameStop, GameStop. But you know, there are a couple of solid mom and pops where you know you go, you can get some stuff. They break street dates for you. They hook you up. You know, I've I've broken street date a few times for some stuff, man. And you know, there's no harm in that because the money's still being made and the publishers the publishers still making the money. Um, I'm definitely a, a big a big supporter of the mom and pops. Mm-hmm. What about you, Larry? Oh man! Um, hold on, um, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, back in the day, we had um, just we had Funko Land. I don't know if that yeah, was. Yeah, man. Yep. Oh, Funko oh did Land they have that? Shit. Oh, okay. Because I grew up in Connecticut, so I didn't know if they had that, you know, elsewhere. But um, yeah. I, I, you know, I that was pretty much the only place that I went to. I'm not even too much of a gamer nowadays. I'm not saying I dislike games. I just don't get to play it. Like I'm so I'm so busy with what I do now. Like I just don't <laughs> I don't get to play as much. But um, I remember my one my one tale of Funko Land, which is um, when I turned eight. My um, oh no no that's two different stories. Okay well I'll, okay I'll I'll tell two stories real quick. When I was eight, I got I got Super Mario Brothers three. That was the business. That's still one of my favorite games ever, if not the favorite, the best. And um, no, the other, but the actual story. um, When I was nine, I got the option of getting either. Did I tell you this before, Rich? No, not me. Okay, all right. Um, Okay, so it was my ninth birthday. I had the option of either getting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one for the NES. Or Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, okay, oh, right. Okay, so so awesome. So awesome. Like you know what I'm talking about. All right. So yeah, I had the option. To, yeah, I had the option to get it. And so I'm thinking, you know, oh, you know, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles. You know, this is, you know, Ninja Turtles is more manly. You know, even at like nine, I'm thinking about what's gonna be more manly. I'm like, Ninja Turtles more manly. Oh man, but Chippendale, like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it looks good. It looks good. And you know what? It bugged me like for for as much as it could rack the brain of a nine-year-old it did and um i ultimately went with chippendale rescue rangers right which i do not regret in any way because it was a much better game dude ninja turtles yep. one i played it later at my friend's house brutal that joint was 
a terrible game. I was so lucky I got Rescue Rangers, which had a great soundtrack. We still don't have any OC remixes of it. Oh. I cry every day. We still don't have it. I'm telling you, a great game, great soundtrack. Love the tunes in that. Love playing it. Played it with my twin brother. Great times. And uh, that that was the, the one story I got where I had the choice, and I almost made the wrong choice. But it, we all uh, made out well in the end. <laughs> Well, it, it, it it's funny me. you say that. Go ahead, Austin. Oh, I was going to say, it, it, you know, it hurts me as much because I I have, like, a an unhealthy, you would say, obsession with Ninja Turtles. Um, like, they're all over my room. Uh, yep. My wallet is Ninja Turtles. 20% of my wardrobe is Ninja Turtles stuff. Um, yep, I've seen lie, that. <laughs> I, I have, like, Ninja Turtles blankets, Turtles snuggies, hoodies, everything. Holy um, crap. I'm... It's it's like an eight year old with a bank account. It's bad, but um, that's funny that, shit, dude. That that game, like Chip and Dale, that game totally trumps the first Turtles game by far. Yep. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. But you know what like, though? And no no hate no hate on Chip and Dale because again, legendary. I, I liked it better yeah. than Ducktales. Even I thought Ducktales couldn't that's hang. So compared compared compared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but. But but Ninja Turtles four Turtles in Time on the SNES oh, oh man that was that was the game that I bought with my SNES with to me that was the first Turtles game because yes I like Turtles Tournament Fighters <laughs> <laughs> you own Turtles that for real fighters. no no comment you know what it was the one on Super Nintendo you know what it is my 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 sister my my one of my sisters has autism and she's a huge gamer and um. She has a top-loading NES, but she she still turns on, and she plays Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And ironically enough, when I got older, she um she went into my room one day and took some of my Super Nintendo games, and one of them that she she took was Turtles Tournament Fighters. And I remember I'm like, this isn't half bad, you know. It, it was very Street Fighter-ish because that was when I really was getting into Street Fighter, and you know I liked I liked the graphics at the time. So, you know, it's yeah. funny that you're like, ah, you own that? The, the Super Nintendo one was far superior to the Genesis one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. How old, mo- how old mo- is your sister? Um, I have two sisters. They're both, they're both handicapped. My, my, um, my older sister, who's the bigger gamer, she's, the, she's, uh, she's actually going to turn uh, 21 this year. But since she has autism, it's, it, it's a yeah. 21-year-old, 5-year-old, which is, which yeah, is yeah. really which is good and bad. You know, just because it's like, what do you want for your birthday? Uh, DSI. Okay, then, then of course, you know, she'll want the pink one, which you can't fucking find. You know, and it's, and it's things like that. But she, it's cool because she keeps the retro gaming alive. Because, you know, a lot of the stuff my mom got for her, and I got her stuff now as I'm older. You know, like, she has a top-loading NES. So, you know, sometimes I'll go down there, and she'll be playing, you know, like, Kid Nicky, Radical Ninja, um, which had an awesome soundtrack. And, uh, yeah. you know, she'll play that. Rescue Rangers, of course. A lot of the kids stuff, DuckTales, um, uh, Star Tropics. Uh, just for the music. Uh, she turns on Star Tropics just for the music. Nice. Um, Hudson's, Adventure, Hudson's Adventure Island she plays. And, and Mario religiously. You know, she has every yeah. version of Mario from NES yeah, till now. So, Like, what I what I do, like, what I have my degree in is, like, uh, pretty much like, like children's autism. And yeah, cool. I, I I just like to hear you know other people's take on stuff because you know like so you said she likes it for the music and so I work with a lot of different people that you know you, they they find their things 
that's what they do. And uh, it, whether it's like uh, some sort of uh, audio stimulation or, you know, some, some show that they like, you know, once once they get into it, that's their thing, and that's how, uh, how you can, uh, you know, relate with them the most. I think that's awesome, man. Well, it's funny you say that because her, her thing has been Aladdin for the last five years. Yeah. It's been Aladdin... She, she, and she draws. She, you know, she self-taught herself the piano. She plays the piano. And she, you know, she plays the Aladdin music, and she draws a lot. And she, I'll give her a 150-page spiral notebook, and she'll fill it with pictures of Aladdin characters. Like, that's her thing. I, I've gotten her Aladdin on VHS six different times. She has every Aladdin game on every system. And um, it's funny because she gravitates towards that... And, and the and the gaming, you know, the gaming and 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 Aladdin. That's all it is. Video games and Aladdin, twenty four seven. And it's funny that you went to school for that because, you know, um, I learned you know a lot about autism just in terms of watching her grow up. And you know, there's certain little things that you some people are misinformed about. But one of the things that is crazy is that her her gameplay. Is, is really good when she's focused. She'll sit there and she'll play, you know, Mario Kart and come in yeah. first through, like, half of the tracks. That's one of the things that, that, that bothers me, too, like, with people that don't really know anything about autism. Like, it's the mo- it's one of the most prevalent disorders, like, in the world. It's every one in 150 kids now is diagnosed with it. And people just kind of write it off and they think that people are, like, retarded when they have autism. And it's like, no, like, you don't, you don't understand like it's just there's it's like a social language sort of thing, and it's I get it's hard for me to talk about because I get upset because people the way that people oh trust me I've I've, I've gotten into into a couple of of confrontations just because you know my, I mean she she has autism and she has mild MR and my other sister has MR as well but um, the fact of the matter is that. Um, you know, and and I understand exactly where you're going. That people they don't understand that sort of stuff. And you know, when I when I go out with her, you know, when I go out with her, she's sitting there with her Game Boy, and you know, she's being pretty quiet. And you know, sometimes yeah. she'll get a little excited, and maybe she'll rock back and forth. And you know, I've seen worse cases, but people, you know, in 2010, people just don't know how how to fucking mind their business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's crazy. People that rag on her, people that rag on her, like she's she's probably honestly smarter than us. She just oh, she's she's very smart. Trust me. Express it, and they, it kills me. Like the people that don't understand, like they're they're the dumb ones. They don't get like no on an IQ basis. She's smarter than you, so you need to shut up. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it is. Like I, I, you know, she watched me play video games, and that's how she got into it. And you know, everywhere she goes, she takes her Game Boy with her. She loves music. And, uh, you know, she listens to a lot of the gaming music. And it's funny that that gaming transcends everything, even illness. Because when you go to a hospital, you see see children in a terminal ward. One of the things that they have for them, there's always a Wii or an Xbox or something. Like, it's crazy how gaming has come so far. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when I I have Larry on, you know, I give him props because he introduced, you know, their OC Remix introduced another dimension of gaming and you know that's the music that goes into it the creative aspect that once again transcends all barriers just because you uh, you know you could be a, a hip-hop fan but a beat is a beat and even games have a good beat you know yeah that's Larry that's what you need to do you got to get hooked up with like some sort of 
children's charity thing and bring everybody this sweet remix music. We should. We should. I mean, we should do our own sort of like OC remix version of, of Penny Arcade's Child's Play or something like no. that. I mean, no. sweet, man. yeah, no, man. Awesome you're, for, the, for charity, that's a, that's a great idea, Austin. I think that that'd be awesome, OC remix. Or, or just take a lot of like, uh, like children's games, like, like Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, stuff like that, and remix right. that stuff and maybe make a CD for charity. I think you guys would not only would do really well, I'd buy that, and I know Austin would as well, yeah. but it would, it would definitely, you know, it, it would give you guys a, a more unique presence and show us, you know, show the, the larger demographic that gaming isn't just about shooting shit or, you know, cutting <laughs> shit up, you know, that, there, that there's a... That there's a, that there's a, that there's a that it can be. No, no, no. You're right. No, that's that's actually a great idea. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to think about that. And um, you know, I don't know about much about autism myself, but I I do work at the Carter Center here in Atlanta, which is uh, President Jimmy Carter's nonprofit. And his wife Rosalind Carter, former first lady um, Rosalind Carter, she's been working on mental health issues for over 30 years, and um, so she, you know, and, and her work is all about sort of reducing. Uh, stigma when it comes to mental illness and how people misunderstand that. So um, obviously, you know what, what you guys know about autism. That that's certainly helping other people understand, you know, more the the human aspect of the disease. And that you know they, these are otherwise you know good people, brilliant people that you know ha- have this condition. And we actually have a remixer on OC Remix with autism. Oh yeah, that's bad. yeah. That's if you look up if you look up Matteo Xavier, he has a Valkyrie profile mix from the PlayStation One, and um, yeah, he's our first remixer who has had autism. So, and he he made it a goal of his to get a remix on the website to prove that somebody with his condition could do it. And you know, we we don't sort of you know we don't baby it like all right all right we'll let him in. You know, it's a great it's a great track, yo. He he's just as good as any other you know remixer that we have. And we have a really high bar nowadays. It's not like, you know, eight, seven or eight years ago when we started. You know, the the bar is very high now, and we reject about you know eighty to eighty five percent of everything that gets sent to us. So, you know, the, please, you know, don't don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. Yeah. You said, uh, Mateo Xavier. That... Hmm. That's his handle. That's his uh, remixer yeah. name. Yeah. If you check, if or if you look up Val Valkyrie. Valkyrie Profile, that yeah. game. It's an RP, RPG by Enix back before they bought Square. Um, you can check that out. Oh, yeah, That's just one that. remix right now, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to play the preview. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, you know, enjoy our YouTube channel. We just put up every remix a few months ago. We, fi- we finished that, so now you can just sort of stream everything, and it lets you sort of sample stuff more easily than if you download it all. And, of course, if you find something good on it, you download it, so... Um, oh, can I yeah, tell you? I love I love the YouTube previews, man. The YouTube previews are 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 are, are a godsend because you know that's how I actually got to hear the o, the Omen of Geneva remix. I was looking for stuff, and I'm like, you know, I like playing the OC remix stuff. And then you know, I had the Castlevania in the earlier episodes. I'm like, I'm like, wow, this Omen of Geneva is solid, you know. And it was because I actually, when you guys started adding previews, I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna make my job a lot easier. 
Thank you, thank you. That was that was one hundred percent my idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I feel I, that was one hundred percent my idea. We and honestly, we should have done YouTube like five years ago because back when it started. Because nowadays, you know, we had so and 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 I don't even say this out of bitterness or anything, but we had so many fans that have uploaded done fan videos of our remixes. Like, oh, this is an awesome Koopa's Castle remix from Mario World. Let's throw it up, and it has like two hundred thousand views. And I'm thinking. Oh, holy shit, we should have done this three years ago. We'd be, like, swimming in money right now. Right yeah. now. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, it, yeah, it's something, that, it's something that we had to do. We had to get with it. Um, so, yeah, any, any remix on there you can enjoy. Um, it, 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 it's, it's good stuff now, though. Try it out. It's funny that you say the Super Castle remix, because I typed in those remix at YouTube, and that's the first thing that pops up. It is the That's first funny. thing that pops up. I'm just thinking, and the only reason that, the only reason I, I wish we had done it is because a lot of guys, you know, bless their hearts, they'll be like, oh, this remix is awesome. No link, no credit. Who made it? How do you download it? And, you know, and that, that's, that was the problem that we had. So hopefully we'll kind of lead people more to the website. And, like, people go, where do you get it on iTunes? We still get people that ask that. It says in the video you can download it from the website. But, you know, you, YouTube, the intelligence, the IQ of everyone on YouTube is, is, is not so high. I love you, What's YouTube. Funny? I love you, all your users. What's funny is, but, um, like, the website and you get it from free for free on the website. They're like, no, how do I pay for this? We have a PayPal button. Give me money. <laughs> Give me money. We have PayPal. It's, it's funny that Austin says that, though, because you know what? The medium has changed so much, you know, and it's funny because I was reading um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys. That's why I had asked you about where you guys buy games from, is that 7-Eleven is going to start offering games in their stores. They're going to partner up with a company called uh, Game Trading Technologies, and they're going to offer games under 20 bucks. That That's how you know that gaming has just become so mainstream, and you can walk into basically a bodega <laughs> and, buy a, and buy a game, you know? Man, that's that's not how it was back in the day. It was like 60 bucks for a Nintendo game. Can you imagine that? Nowadays, and they're great games. You know what? Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by that. Mario three for sixty bucks or whatever it was is better than some of these AAA titles that are out there now. That are you know you know sixty bucks right now. Yeah. No hate. I still love the modern games, but no you know no hate. I'm just oh, saying yeah. Mario three is awesome. What 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 kills me is that those, these games for Nintendo, these eight bit games were so good because the, the people that made them were focused on the gameplay. And there's some games that come out now for 360 and PS3, and it's like, yeah, the game looks amazing, and artistically it's great, and the music is good, but, like, you didn't focus at all on gameplay. Like, I shouldn't be able to turn on my Nintendo because I'm tired of playing this game on Xbox. Yes, it, it is true. And you know what's funny? That's the niche that the Wii has. You know, I talk about it every week. The Wii is in that niche where they put out fun and engaging games, but they don't they don't they don't put enough work behind them to get them mainstream. Like other than Mario and any first party stuff, there's no independent titles other than you know Muramasa the Demon Blade and maybe Red Steel and a couple of Wii games that actually help the system from a uh, you know from from a third party standpoint. So it's funny you say that that the classics are what keep people coming back. You know it's like one of the guys that was in the chat, he downloaded Final Fight, 
for uh, yeah. you know, on the on yeah. the, play, I'm the about PlayStation you. Network. I'm about to, man. I heard it was awesome. Yeah, man, it looks it looks really good, man. It, but you know what's crazy? We're rebuying shit that's old. Like it's that hard to have. Like I have so many of the games on like the Xbox Live Arcade. Like I have these games. Like why am I buying them again? Oh, the only cool thing is. I can play them on the internet now. So it's like, of course I'm going to shell up the money to buy it again because it's so good. And, like, the only thing I really want is, you know how, like, in Sonic 3 or Sonic 2 even, you could play as Tails while the person was Sonic and Tails would never die? Right. Right. I, I wish they would put that on the internet because that was my favorite thing about that game. <laughs> Tails well, you know, it's funny. You. It's funny because the, um, I think with the newer... Sonic game that I believe is kind of which is supposed to be the newer Sonic 4. Yeah, Tales Sonic 4 is. Be, yes, Tales is, well, Sonic 4, and it's funny because I, I call it Sonic 4A because it's going to be Sonic 4 broken up into, like, mini episodes. Um, yeah, Sonic uh, Sonic 4 Part 1, literally, right. Part 1. Oh, I want to know if they're going to do that. That'll be cool if you could just, like, your second player can control Tails and help you out. Because yeah. that was I, really cool, though. I'm, you know, I'm totally speculating. I shouldn't be because I have connections to Sega, so I really shouldn't be speculating. But as far as I was, as far as I was aware, for Episode One, it's just Sonic in this one. What? Oh, I might man, be, I might be one hundred. Now I don't follow it super close, so I could be one hundred percent wrong. Like if you read anything to the contrary, then I'm just wrong. But as far as I was aware, Knuckles and Tails, and I don't know who they're going to throw on, like Vector the Alligator and all that. Like they, they might show up. They might show up later. I mean, I've got to have Knuckles in every like once Knuckles yes. hit. Like Knuckles is the best thing that ever happened to Sonic. Yep. So as awesome. soon as he came out, as soon as he came out, I'm like. This dude is fucking awesome. Period. Yeah. You know, cocky attitude, the the blade sticking out of his hand. I'm yeah. like, uh, all right, blue hedgehog goes to the side. Yeah. Uh, little red dude gets all the love now. Yeah. No, pink. He was pink. Was he pink? He looked pink no, no, in no. the game. It was just maybe. He, maybe he was like technically red or something, but I thought he was pink. I was like, oh, he's a badass like Bret Hart. <laughs> Stop playing Sonic on the tube TV. Come on. <laughs> That's why he was oh. fucking pink. Larry, I gotta tell you, I just I just made a donation over PayPal to Overclock. Just to oh, awesome, dude. Just, just dude, very, hey, thanks, Austin. I really appreciate it. And ironically enough, not even to go into plug mode, but April happens to be support OCR month. Like we that's literally our yearly fun drive that we, we, nice. we do to keep the, keep the site going and all that stuff. So I appreciate it, man. I'll definitely no let uh, DJ Pretzel know, that our, our glorious overlord, that you, that you threw the donation, man. Hey, do any hey, – do, do, oh, go, go ahead, Rich. No, what I was going to say is if you guys are doing that, um, can you mail me the HTML to put a button so I can put a button on the site so that they can donate also and help you guys out? Yeah, I'll throw you that. Absolutely, yeah. no problem. Me too. I'll put it on my site, which is oh, website, awesome. Which is gocreedgo.com for everyone listening. That's right. That's right. Gocreedgo.com <laughs> and Twitter at Austin Creed, which is yeah. not me, but Austin. That's right. And Larry OG is at Larry OG. You guys, you guys are giving out all your plugs before the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta single them in. You gotta, you gotta have them here and there. Well, well, let oh, yeah, me ask no, real quick. No harm in that. 
Yeah. Oh no! Please plug away, man. Let, let me ask real quick, Austin. Um, now I know, for example, Co- Cody Rhodes in WWE, he wears a Triforce on his boots, which I always thought was really cool. It's actually really cool seeing people my age now in 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 WWE and TNA and like making it big and 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 doing it doing it big. But like, so you mentioned Samoa Joe's a gamer. Like, now I'm sorry, this is kind of a selfish question, but like, do any of you do any of the guys that you've worked with do they know about OC Remix? Like, what are we like? What are we talking about here? Do do I have like secret fans? Or like, I don't know. I never really asked anybody. Like, I we would be on car trips. You know, uh, they hook up the auxiliary plug and you know play whatever music. And I would be the nerd kid in the back seat, like with my podcast, with people updating me on like the new OC remix songs. <laughs> I, I never really talked about it because they would like when we were in the gym. I listened to a wide variety of music. Like all sorts of stuff. Like I used to be in show choirs, so I listened to like musical stuff too. <laughs> so I listen to that when I'm at the gym sometimes, and I get made fun of. So I just stop telling people what music I listen to. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Some people, are, video game music, what? Like you know. Yeah. Luckily, it's, it's turning around. But do you have any opinions on Glee? You know, I the only thing uh, that I've seen with Glee was. Some girl, she put on a wedding dress, and she was singing to this guy, and I, I didn't like it. And so I haven't watched anything since, but everybody tells me that I would love it. Which okay, what about... Okay, what about... Yeah, I've never watched Glee in my life. But what about what about American Idol, then? Uh, I watched, like, the first two seasons, and then after that, um, I had a friend who is uh, I went to high school with who actually did the competition, and she got maybe like four or five rounds in, and um, just like her experience from everything she told me, maybe not like American Idol. Mm. From the way she the way she explained it, for every Uh-oh. one person that could sing, they would let five people that couldn't sing. For the entertainment value. Exactly for the, for the TV, so they could, you know, because like the round that that we see on TV where they're singing in front of um, the judges. To like go to Hollywood, you have to go through like ten rounds before you get there. Apparently, oh, so it's like okay. like they're literally they're like they're literally just passing people through here like with random gimmicks, so you know they can have some entertainment on TV. Which like I get it from a TV standpoint, but like there's so many people that do this stuff that can actually sing that I would like to get the chance to hear or see and just get a shot rather than random. While Pants on the Ground is awesome, like. Some people that were, this is like their dream in life to be a professional singing, singer, like got bumped for that guy. Oh, General yeah, Larry Platt. As a fellow Larry, I, I like General oh, Larry oh. Platt. Oh, yes, he is awesome. Not to take anything away from him. He is, he is epic. Quite epic. Yeah, but he can't, he can't stop the mighty Tazon Day. <laughs> See, that's, that's a different story. Tazon Day kind of fell. Tazon Day kind of fell off. No hate on Tazon Day. It's just like he's sort of coasting off Chocolate Rain. I haven't heard of him like stri- lightning strike twice with with Tay. Well, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? He had like the mountain. He had, he had like the cho- Yeah, but he had like the Chocolate Rain Dr Pepper commercial and you know the cherry Chocolate Rain. That's all I've seen from him at, cherry, since then. Cherry Chocolate Rain is awesome though. <laughs> that it is. Um, but you yeah, know, uh, in a he, yeah, he, he had he had a good a good thing. But it's one of those. I think YouTube is re- like really that place where you get your like 15 minutes of fame. And if you if you hit the button on the money, you're gonna you're gonna coast. 
it is unfortunate that that's what it's come down to because you you know when you watch anything, um, especially anything that 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 people's dreams are resting on, and and you just see them get shut down. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't watch American Idol. I've tuned in on occasion, and it's like. You know, yes, Simon is this big know-it-all, and he does all this stuff, and he makes people's careers. But it's like, dude, you're holding some poor girl's dreams in your hand, and you just said she sucks. Like, it's like, how do you, how the fuck do you sleep at night? How do you and and fucking treasure troll Ryan Seacrest sleep at night, shitting shitting on someone's dream, especially when they're good? Maybe they picked a shitty song that day. You know, it's like, how the like, fuck does that work? I I understand is that that in kind of a sense, like, telling somebody that they suck. Because, I mean, I've been there, but I'm the kind of person that if I do something that I want to do and I get told that I suck at it, it's going to drive me to get better to prove that person wrong that I don't suck. But some people, like, that's the, once, once you get broken down like that, like, you stay broken down. Yeah, it, it, it it's a certain personality type. I can I can definitely speak to that. Again, like I mentioned earlier, we we reject about eighty to eighty five percent of the submissions sent in the O C remix and we try and be constructive and help people, but sometimes people just send in stuff that's brutal and you gotta say yeah. it. And they're yeah. the ones that'll stick with it and they wanna succeed in spite of that and they're the ones that get very easily discouraged. Ironically enough, some of the best guys we have are ones that get easily discouraged. I don't even know how they got better. I don't even know. Like they can't handle criticism, but they're amazing musicians. I don't know. Maybe it's just artsy. Maybe they're just so artsy fartsy. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it really is. But it really is crazy that you know that that the submission process. You know, and that's going back to the OC remix thing. That so many submissions get rejected because I can imagine that some some poor guy is sitting sitting at his Mac or at his or at his Windows PC like oh, man, this is the jam, and they play it back, and all their buddies are like, yeah, man, that's really good, send it in. And then you guys go, oh, yeah, it's all right, but no. Oh, we get that, Rich. We get that all the time. I mean, and this is not to, you know, I, I don't want to sort of hold my nose in the air like, oh, I'm a musical expert. You know, I don't even, I don't make music. I'm a music critic. You know, all the judges that we have are, are mostly musicians. There's only me and one other person that don't actually make music. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to think I have a more discerning ear when it comes to evaluating music and um yeah you know when you when you go on youtube and you see just like oh you know i took the pokemon theme from smash and i i redid it as orchestral and it's just the most bootleg thing you've ever heard but you know and it it, it probably has a nostalgia factor because it's a cool theme but it's just not well made it's just a couple of loops it's not interpretive and you know so some people always say oh you should send this to oc remix when we get it, we're like, dude, what the hell? You just like looped it three times, and it's two minutes long, and it's not developed, and you know, it's it, it's tough. But um, to be fair, I mean, several of our judges have gone through the process when they were new. They got rejected. They felt the sting. So you know, but they, but it's like it's like Austin saying, you know, they get better because they want to get better. They just have the eye of the tiger, you know. Very true. I wanted to ask real quick. Um, to Austin, I want to ask two two uh, two things related to um, your your wrestling career. And was, um, you mentioned earlier about having a lot of discipline, self discipline, and obviously that that uh, works with you having to wrestle full time and do your um, your two degrees. So, what kind of advice would you give to you know any youngsters out there? You know, even people like me, it's like you know I could always use more discipline. Like, just how do you stay focused? Um, you just have to know what you want, because that's 
honestly the hardest part of of you know your head on straight is knowing what you want to have to be your goal. If I could uh, go on my preaching soapbox, that <laughs> um, you know once you once you have a goal set, rather you know people always talk about you know envision uh, you know finishing your goal if you want to be like a track star you know envision yourself with the Olympic gold medal this and that, but it's like you can think about and envision all you want the end result of your goal, but if you don't spend a second of your time thinking about how you're going to get there, it's not going to do anything. So, like, the biggest thing that, that I can say that I've done is, so, like, I say, you know, I want to get this degree, I want to be a pro wrestler, so I look at my options and say, how can I get there? And then rather than dwelling so much on the end result, like, oh, you know, getting a job as a pro wrestler, like, okay, well, okay, for instance, I'll just tell you what I did. Like, when I was in high school, I didn't really have a, a body. You know, I didn't really know anything about, like, the inside world of wrestling. So I said, well, I know that amateur wrestling has got to have something to do with pro wrestling. So I started doing that. Well, I don't really know how to lift weights, and i got to be big, so I started playing football. Um, I've got to have good cardio. I have to know how to run correctly so I can stay in shape. So I started doing track. I had stage fright, and so... I joined show choir because if you can sing and dance in front of people, you can do anything in front of people. Um, nice. Definitely. So like, it's just like you've got to figure out what – it's pretty much like, like cooking. You've got to figure out what ingredients you need so then you can put them together and then get the end result. But you have to, to stay disciplined. You should honestly have to just stay on your goal. People are going to want to shut you down, and there's going to be lots of things that, that look prettier than uh, – than, than, what you're thinking you're going to get. And so you just have to stick to your guns and say, I'm going to do this, and this is how I'm going to get it done. And once you stick to that, then there's really the only thing standing in the way is you. Awesome, okay. man. And Yeah, and, and the the one thing I wanted to ask, and you kind of, you, you sort of um, brought this up as one aspect of the discipline was, you know, all right, so you're, you know, you're, you're genetically jacked, athletically stacked, you know, as Matt Morgan would say or something like that. But um, so – Nutrition, like how, like you're, you know, you're looking cut, man. You got it on lock. You got the training regimen down, and you know, and like a lot of people, sort of, are, are contrary to what people would assume. They would think, oh, you know, he must have been pretty, like, you know, jacked up, you know, um, since high school. Must have been like, you know, super duper athlete all the way, and maybe doing it very early as a child. So, how, you know, how did you go about learning how to how to work out, how to eat right? That was all football and wrestling. Well, I guess not eating right from wrestling. In wrestling in high school, I was starving myself so I could make weight. <laughs> but um, Ah, yes, the weight cut. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal, the man. Bane, the bane of, of wrestlers and UFC fighters everywhere. That's, like, that's where you become a man. You're just grizzled, hungry, starving, but then you've got to go wrestle. Um, but, like, nutrition really... Uh, and then working out. The working out is something that I've, I've adapted over the the past few years. I guess when I was in college, I was on a powerlifting team, and our nice. coach was. I did that in high school. Oh, yeah, it's it's awesome, man. And the guy that was our coach was a health physiologist, so anything there was to know about the body, he knew it. So you know, I just pick his brain a lot on, you know, what's good to do in the weight room, what's good and bad to eat, this and that. And a lot of it is, yeah, there's a, a good base of nutrition and workouts that you probably want to do to get bigger, 
but overall you got to figure out what works for your body because everybody's uh, you know frame is so different, their metabolism, yep. uh, their physiology is so different. So you got to just try stuff and figure out what works for you. And once you find it, it gets easier from there. Um, but nutrition on like a health scale, I don't know how good this is, but all I really eat is chicken breast, eggs, protein shakes, and vegetables. I eat like corn, broccoli, and cauliflower. And that's pretty much what my diet consists of. <laughs> like, damn. That's funny. Your, your diet is pretty much the polar opposite of mine, pretty much. Um, <laughs> if, it mo- if, if, it, if it breeds, if it breeds, I eat it. Um, so it, that's pretty much how it is. It's a, it's a high-protein diet. I do a lot of compound lifts. Put it like this. My build is similar to Taz and ECW. Gotcha. So you know, I you know, I don't I don't lift weights to look pretty. Put it like that. You know, I'm all about functional strength. I'm you know, I got you know, I got yeah. I, I got kids in the house, you know, I, I gotta do a lot of stuff around the house. It's like I wanna be able that if I'm mopping my floor I can pick up the couch like Rosie from the Jetsons. Yeah, you know, like that's the kind of shit I wanna do. I don't you know yeah. like and, and it's funny because in in, in your line of work, your 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 body is what makes you money. You know, so you got to make sure you look right. You 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 know you have the the right conditioning. I've seen some people, you know, they go out there, they're doing a, a match that's five minutes, and they're gassed. So you know, yeah. the, the 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 technique that you're putting into it is is the right way to go about it. Just, Man, that's, that's a good there. question, Larry. Oh, why? Thank you. <laughs> Again, just let me just ask, whooping my ass. Can I ask Larry a question. No, never. You're not allowed. I, I just want to throw in Austin. Before before you ask me the question, Rich, did you see on TwitPic that Austin tweeted that Sagat costume that he had from Dragon Con? That's, that's hilarious. Dude, I, um, it's funny because I, uh, I'm running TweetDeck on my laptop because, you know, I have like nine screens open on the two screens that I, I run the show with, and it is hilarious. <laughs> All right. Hilarious. So yeah, man. Got comment earlier. <laughs> oh yeah, man. That, dude, that's that's awesome. Who 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 painted that? Who painted the scar on there? This, dude, this girl that I met at Dragon Con, she was an awesome artist. Like, she was working some booth with uh, with her family selling stuff, and uh, oh, shit. I I walked by and I saw she had all the stuff painted on her face, and I was like, "Who did that?" She's like, "I did," and it was like the most intricate face paint that I've ever seen. I was like, "How'd you do that to yourself?" And she's like, "Well, that's what I do." And so later on in the day, I was like, I want to be Sagat. Can you hook me up? She's like, I got you. So I laid down, and then, like, maybe 45 minutes later, she was done with the scar. And, like, it's, it was awesome, man. She was that shit is gold. Had she done that before by request? Or? No. No. All I said is wow. I, showed her, I showed her a picture of it. She was like, okay, I'm good. And she even, like, the paint that she used, it made it, like, if you're looking at it in real life. It, like, it 3D. Looked, yeah, it looks raised like his scar does. <laughs> Dude, it's oh a, my it's god, a, it's an awesome piece of work. I was like, wow, that's badass. Dude, next time you're next time you're you're in New York, man, you gotta, you know, I think in October is the uh, the, the Comic Con and at the Javits. I'm gonna cover that for the show, man. Oh yeah. If you're there, I definitely well, definitely want to link up, man. For real. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do is um hit as many cons as possible because I do Dragon Con every year. I have never, I have never been to one. I went to Emory. I never been to one. Oh, you're, 
you're coming this year. You're coming this year. Yeah, you gotta. I go gotta. I gotta. I gotta put on a panel for OCR. You're gonna love it. Yes, <laughs> no, they, I'm not. They would love that. Right. And so what happens is at some of these Kanzai wrestling shows, you know, what River will wrestle the first day and then just stay the next three and and you know geek out with everybody. But for a, they would love a panel for OCR, man. They'd be all over. I gotta apply, yeah, man. I gotta, I gotta apply, man. I, I'm totally gonna do it. I'm gonna apply. We're gonna see. Hopefully, we can get it. Cause you know, that, I'm sure it's pretty competitive to get a spot. So, um, so but we've been around a while. Even if you, even if you don't get a spot, like on a panel or something, you could totally come and pedal your stuff at the wrestling show. Yep. <laughs> nice, dude. Sweet. Oh. It's, it's right there in the middle of everything. Nice. Dude, I always love I always love watching wrestling too, man. So, dude, hey, what was your question, by the way? Oh yeah, well, how'd you get uh, linked up with OCR? Because you know you you said that you were doing stuff for Emory, doing their radio station, playing video game music. But how'd you get to you know this high level with uh, working the website? Well, um, well, as I mentioned, I did student radio uh, for four years, and honestly, I think. Uh, uh, my best friend, when he found out all the music was free, he downloaded it. Then I listened to it when he stayed over at my house for uh, the summer. So I sat down and listened to all the remixes from A to Z in three days, back when there were only about uh, 600, 700 mixes. And um, I became super familiar with it. I just loved you know, all the work. I would like learn what the real names of the artists were and like what their websites were and, and keep track of who the original composers were and all that stuff. So I just sort of found my niche there. And um, when I did radio, I, would, I was like the guy in the community for like, yo, do you want your stuff on the radio? Hit up Larry, like, you know, and, and send him your newest stuff. And so I would do a weekly show every Saturday night. And um, people would always send me stuff, but then they started sending me their works in progress, and I'd critique them. And I had a pretty good ear for what made a good uh, OC remix. And so eventually, the uh, the judges panel there, they it's invite only. They ask you to join. And uh, they, asked, they asked me to join. So I did. And um, I just sort of rose in the ranks and, you know, took over the processes and took uh, some of the pressure off DJ Pretzel, who basically runs the site himself. He yeah. does, like, all the web. Like, people think we have a, a big team that does the website. It's all one dude. What? It's all it's all DJ Pretzel. It's all yeah. We don't have a web team. It's all him that like designed it, did the database work, make, makes it work. But anyway, so I took over the um, job of listening to all the music in the inbox. We have a big Gmail inbox, and uh, you know just deciding where, yeah, and just deciding where it goes in the process. And honestly, it was just I helped DJ Pretzel for about a year and a half, and I just asked for more responsibility because I was doing so much, and that's how I got to where I am. That's freaking sweet, man. Oh, it's awesome, man. I mean, when we did Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, you know, I got to have my name in the credits of a Street Fighter game, which is like a dream yeah. come true for me, playing yeah. it, you know. I remember playing it in my right. friend's basement on the Super Nintendo back in, like, 91 and playing it in the arcades and stuff. And so, I mean, it comes full circle, man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's sweet, man. So it's, it's you pretty much just like you guys that do the website. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, um, well, there's DJ Pretzel who started it and runs it. There's about 10 judges, of which I'm the leader, and um, we have over 2,000 remixes by over 600 different remixers. 
uh, so far, and we post a couple every week and just keep it steadily growing. We've done 17 albums. We've done one professional game soundtrack. We've had several remixers that have gone on to do professional games, uh, like Jimmy Hinson. His remixer handle is Big Giant Circles, and he was on the team that did the music for Mass Effect 2. So, oh, yeah, so people, you know, moving on, moving on up. People are doing great stuff. We got people at, we got people at, um, at uh, ID Software. We got people at LucasArts. I mean, you know, we we got people at Capcom. We got people everywhere. So it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. So you guys like potentially could be like eventually like monopolizing the video game music industry. Oh no way! <laughs> there's so many. There's there's so I'm many. It's actually. It's actually really difficult to get in the in the industry. It's kind of like pro wrestling when you think about it. You know, the number you mentioned, they're only about, oh, I don't know, 400 or so, 400, 500 people that actually make a good living off it. And um, I think it would, it's about the same there because, honestly, it's like American Idol. You can get a billion singers. How many good ones are you going to find? So, you know, it's tough, but we, we've, we've been around for 10 years, so we, we really developed a great reputation on it. So, yeah. you know, we, we keep it rolling, dude. It's, it's a ton of fun, dude. We do it all for free. We're just hobbyists with that. You know, we all have day jobs and stuff like that. But, uh, man, we get to go to conventions. I'm going to MIT next week with DJ Pretzel oh. to present on the website. So, I mean, we're doing, we're doing great stuff, man. It's, it's hella fun. That's sweet. So do you think that with your work on the uh, Street Fighter Remix game that more – um, as more retro games come out, that people might start coming to you more for their soundtracks? I don't know. They should. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, we have, you know, we have, we have contacts at Capcom. We have contacts at Sega. You know, I mean, pe- people know us. You know, John Romero, who designed Doom and Wolfenstein 3D and stuff like that, he's a yeah. really big fan of ours. So, I mean, we, we have people that know we're not necessarily in it for the money. I don't want it to sound like a cop-out, like, oh, you know, yeah. we, we but we, you know, we don't like money because you know we we, yeah, we like, like money. Me doing the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we like money. You know, we don't necessarily need it, but we we like it. Um, you know, it, if if I could do like the soundtrack to the next Streets of Rage, I'd be real happy. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, we need, yeah, we so. need that. We need another oh, we, Streets of Rage for sure, dude. Oh, totally. Keep it 2D too, but you know, if you, if you haven't heard, there's this great great amateur team called Bomber Games. They came out with this game called Streets of Rage Remake. No. Go Google go Google that. You can download it. It's just a, you know, you just, it, I think it's, I don't know if it's like flash-driven or whatever, but it's really, really good. Streets of Rage Remake. Make sure you Google that. Or, you know, even if you go on YouTube and just watch a playthrough, it looks, it's basically a, a graphical mesh between Streets of Rage 2 and 3, and it has elements from all three Streets of Rages, and it. it's really nice. And it has some of our re- it has a couple of our remixers in there too on the soundtrack. Really nice. Yeah, yeah bombergames.net. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely, man. See, hit it, hit it, go. <laughs> it's good. This is my plug right there. Well, with th- with that said, gentlemen, there's um eight minutes of show left. Um, but but before we wrap it up, uh, first off, Larry, as always, a pleasure. OCRemix.org is the website. You can go there. It's uh, support OC Remix Month. Hit that PayPal donate button. Every little bit help helps help these guys keep creating uh, great music. Show support to show your support to the composers and to the artists. How's that? <laughs> oh, thank you, definitely. And of course, GoCreedGo.com web, website for 
Uh, Austin Creed, definitely stop in there, check his schedule, see if he's in your local area, and check him out and show your support. Let him know you're a fan of the show. Um, if you're on Xbox Live and you want to hit him up, I don't know if you want to give that up. Austin, you can. If they hit me on Twitter and they can make me laugh, then I'll give it out. There you go. <laughs> if you can hit him on, on Twitter at, at Austin Creed together, A-U-S-T-I-N-C-R-E-E-D. Um, hit him up, make him laugh. He'll send you uh, his live ID or his PSN, and you can uh, either get killed by him in a shooting <laughs> game or beat up by him in Street Fighter. Oh, I will, I will destroy DJ Hero. I have not been beaten DJ Hero, so bring it. Dude, we've been, I've been. I was trying to get up with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a Kuma 25. I'm the same dude that. Oh, we were, we okay. Were get the tech- yeah, we were trying to get that Tekken yeah, 6 jumping. Yeah, Tekken wouldn't work. Yeah, Tekken, Tekken 6 was a train wreck. But, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's me, dude. Okay. So, um, nonetheless, when you're, when you're in New York, man, if you're out here in October, we got to definitely hit up uh, the Big Apple Comic Con slash Wizard oh, World. Definitely. That's what, that's what yep. I was at in Canada was Wizard World. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, that, yeah. That shit is awesome, dude. Like I um I went last year, and um you know I got to meet Lillian Garcia and um who else did I meet? Um, shit, um, Molly Holly, Candace Michelle. Um, dude, it was awesome. I met um Ernie Hudson. You know, plugged the show a little bit. But, uh, this coming this year, there's gonna be a, a stronger presence. So definitely something that if you're out here, you know, check it, check it out for sure. Um, Go ahead, brother. There, there's this sweet comic book that came out a while ago. Um, it's called Bad Kids Go to Hell. Now, it's for more mature audiences, so I'd say like, you know, 16, 17 up because it's, it's kind of graphic. But if you are into comics, I would definitely check it out. And if you like me and you're into comics, then you should go to their website. Uh, I think it's, uh, if you Google Bad Kids Go to Hell, I think it's badkidsgotohell.com. But yep, it is badkidsgotohell.com. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're making a movie, and the way that they're casting for it is by uh, you putting in your vote for someone that you like to be in the movie. And I'm doing pretty well uh, to get a role as one of the characters. It's the, uh, the black guy in the middle of the screen when you go to the voting screen. So just go there to their website, nice. and type in Austin Creed and help me get in this movie because it's going to be amazing. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'll throw you a vote. Sweet. Oh yeah. Um, do you got um, any any presence on Facebook? I think you have a Facebook fan page, right? Yeah, that you can get to that from the website gocreekgo.com. All right, cool. Um, OC Remix, of course, is on Facebook. Um, I'm on there as well. My Take Radio for anybody who hasn't been there yet. Um, with that being said, uh, I want to thank both of you guys for stopping in. Austin, thanks for uh, giving My Take Radio. Uh, a little bit of love and stopping through, man. You're more than welcome to come in, promote any gigs, any projects, man. The door's wide open. Uh, Larry, you know the deal. You're always welcome. Hey, no doubt. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Rich. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks for everything. Creed, uh, have a safe trip to Japan. Um, best of luck over there in, in the tournament. And um, I'll be checking Go Creed Go and uh, putting some updates on MyTakeRadio.com so people can see what you're up to. Yeah, I'll get any pictures I can and get them over to you. I appreciate it. I'm going to take your schedule and throw it up uh, in the post show notes. 
and uh, Larry, just uh, get me the donate button, and I'll throw it on the site as well. Hey, you got it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. You guys take care of yourselves. Have a good night. Larry, Larry, good talking to you. Hey, no doubt, man. Yo, let's get together, man. ATL, son. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, do work. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, cool, man. Yo, I'll tweet you, man. No doubt. <laughs> All right. Later, man. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, later. All right, that was Austin Creed. You can go to GoCreedGo.com and check his website and his schedule and see if he will be in your area. Um, definitely head over to BadKidsGoToHell.com. Uh, cast your vote for him to be in the movie. Definitely a cool thing to do. Um, of course, ocremix.org. Hit that PayPal donate button. Show your support. Uh, it's a free site that provides great, uh, great music for many gamers out there, many video game fans. Stop through. Every little bit helps. And with that being said, um, that's actually going to wrap up the show for this week. A lot of stuff did not get covered, obviously. You know, it happens. But um, I will cover it next week. And um, if anything, I may do something small and throw it up on the site as well. Nonetheless, thank all of you. I want to thank all of you guys for listening and all your support. Um, 116 fans on Facebook. Let's get it up to 125. If you're on Twitter, at MyTakeRadio um, is the MyTakeRadio Twitter feed. Stop there. Show your support. Um, we're on MySpace, uh, myspace.com slash MyTakeRadio. Um, I'm working on a couple of other projects. Merchandise is going to be coming soon, and that's pretty much it. Um, I will catch you guys next Thursday. You've been listening to My Take Radio, episode 39, for Thursday, April 22nd, 2010. I'm out. See you guys next week. Have a good night. Peace.